Hey, this is Ryan O'Neill from the Danish and O'Neill podcast on the All Things Comedy Network. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 30 freaking five? Well, the best way to prevent that hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some hair left. Now, you used to have to go to the doctor's office, but now you go to Keeps and you can visit a doctor online and you get hair loss medication delivered right to your door. And they make it easy. They deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines and the awkward doctor visits. Also, they use the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. And maybe you tried them before, but you've never tried them at this price. Look, these treatments take four to six months to see results, so act fast. The sooner you start, the more hair you'll keep. Now, if you're ready to take these actions and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash ATC and receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash A-T-C. <laughs> How's it smell? <laughs> Where's this been? That's brand new. That's oh, never yeah. been used. We, uh, yeah, it, we washed it with a pair of uh, skid-marked underwear. <laughs> so, I've heard the term, but I'm not sure what that relates to. Skid-marks? Skid <laughs> Hell, we... <laughs> Back in the day, we just took the underwear off, man. There were no skid marks in it. Get <laughs> what would you do with it? Hang it on a tree. <laughs> you would hang <laughs> your skid marked underwear on a tree. Well, that's what Titsy told me. She said, I said, well, man. Who's Titsy? Titsy was a, every football player at Purdue, and I picked her up. and <laughs> She was a woman at Purdue? I was in a triangle deal right by Fraternity Row. And uh, we were there late Saturday night, and I hung my pants in a tree, and it was about 10 times the size of this room. And my pants were hanging there when we woke up in the morning. Her whatever apparel she had was up there, and people were going to church right damn near down, you know, uh, Purdue campus. Why? Why would you hang? The so wait, her clothes and your clothes yeah, were in the tree, we're hanging there. But why? And there were no other trees around. <laughs> What's the significance the... of that? Like why hang? Your because clothes? At, at two or three in the morning, you throwing them up. I or... didn't realize you were that... just hurling your clothes up. No, I hung them up there <laughs> to dry. <laughs> no, take them off. I mean. <laughs> And <laughs> they were going to church, and here I was, you know. Well, anyway, I don't know if this is on, but I said, Jesus, what the hell did I get into? I'm looking around, there might have been 20 people a minute going by, and my pants are there on a tree, only tree there, only 10, 15 feet tall with her. We're laying there on a blanket, but anyway. Wait, oh, you were <laughs> you were with naked her. outside? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you left. Sorry, I wasn't that descriptive enough. So you you <laughs> spent the night outside? Yeah. You you were asleep? <laughs> no, we were entirely You'd be asleep. A, a sex I didn't realize today. she was titsy. I'd heard stories from the infamous twenty thirty football players. So where did the name come from? Well, she that could, was, that could be a lot of things. Titsy could refer her to a bra lot of things. Hung down on the lower branches of the tree <laughs> to the ground because it was heavy. Yeah, wow. It seems like they would have called her booby instead of titsy. It was more descriptive. Booby. That's a, a sanitized. Um, anyway, <laughs> those were the good days when. So people walking to church got a view of you. Well, they and, were driving. Oh, driving it, it was kind of out at the edge. I Got mean, it. I wasn't downtown. Were they honking or were they? Ups- 
I just hope they didn't recognize me. <laughs> From the team? Yeah, I had a scholarship uh, 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 in limbo. Uh, <laughs> you know, the coach wouldn't have liked it. I don't think so. You know, he said, but go ahead. Well, yeah, in case you've just tuned in, this is episode 50 of the Danish and O'Neill podcast. It's actually the first ever Danish O'Neill and O'Neill Yeah, it's, it's Danish and O'Neill squared. <laughs> uh, so if, you, if you've just tuned in, the voice that you're hearing is the infamous... Steve O'Neill. Living legend. Purdue basketball <laughs> star, as you heard. Uh, uh, motel magnate. Yeah. Falconer. Uh, he's, he's a restaurateur, theater owner. He uh, farmer, basketball player, and all around, uh, he's into a lot of tomfoolery. <laughs> Maybe future beehiver. I don't know what the... Ap- he, well, Apiest? He, is that the name? He's, he's a... Apiary. A- Apiarian? Apiarian? He's yeah. a former, may come out of retirement to do it again. Oh, oh yeah, you did. You were. Yeah. Uh, you did have an Apiary. Biggest output before the kill-off or whatever they call hive decimation of the early two. I had 600 pounds out of five, six hives one time. That was my best production, which... Did you, uh, did you get any awards for that? No, I got about 30 pounds of honey from the guy I had. <laughs> take If you ever try to get 600 pounds of honey out of beehives, I you haven't. Got, you've got to heat it up. You've got to strain it. You've got to get the centrifugal force in, uh, you know, to get it, the honey out of the combs because you want to reuse the comb. Yeah. And, you know, so you have to cap off the, or decap or uh, the, uh, the comb and to allow the honey to come out and then you put it back in and then they the bees would reuse it so i i knew a little bit about it how many times would you say you've been stung in your in your career as a an ap area probably not enough (laughs) not enough to put you out of the business probably i you know, if you're dealing with bees, you don't really count it. Uh, I'd probably 50, 60. That's pretty good odds, though. But you wore the full outfit. The head, I didn't have a suit. Where'd you I wa- had gloves. Where did you, oh, you, didn't, oh, you couldn't buy the suit, probably, because they don't make it in your size. What would well, you go to a big and tall apiary store? You had no body protection? I, I would have uh, gloves that came up to about my elbow and a, the hat. But nothing a, torso. Well, I did get bitten on the legs and a few Ooh. things, and they will Those hurt. go to your sleeves, and they know how to get to you, a honeybee. Uh, but um, it, I've seen many guys that could go in there, and if you don't have perfume or you don't have a flannel <laughs> shirt, They'll reach right in there with bees. So you've seen the guys making a yeah. beard. Yeah. How they do it, I think it's... Uh, That's crazy. Uh, Here, hold the mic just a little bit closer. Okay. Then, uh, well, let's start. I, the question is, where okay. do you start in this whole scenario? I, I don't could start a That's lot of cra- I mean, there's a lot. We already uh, have heard some, some great stories but, about the guy that uh, was getting ready to castrate himself on a barbed wire fence. fence. Why don't we start at the Chubby Checker? Now... You Chubby Checker for you young kids out there was a musician from what the fifties. He came out in the early sixties with the twist. He invented the twist. He yeah, did a song for the the dance. the dance. Come on, baby. And and you had a theater called the Bridgeview Theater. Correct. Well, I did, but we, my family was the only one from start to finish that, that had it. And was, when we got a- sued, I was a resident agent. Bill Wellman's name was 
that uh you know connected to it and but and he supposedly promoted it but we were damn near bankrupt because of him he still had bill if you're still there in valpo (laughs) (laughs) you and virgil sweet or two of the 90 or whatever you call octogenarians what are you're calling guys out (laughs) i like it hey uh what what do you want to say yeah go ahead tell us (laughs) (laughs) i should have knocked the shit out of you when i had the opportunity it's never when you never too late you boys you want to see a leather jacket that he ripped uh off of ryan's mother's jacket damn near ripped the sleeve off attacking her this Wait, didn't you the, kick him? You kicked him in the chest for that. Didn't that was you? his son, Scott. You don't, you don't damage no. a varsity so what, jacket. Oh no, so so he grabbed, uh, he grabbed mom, and then I heard you went crazy. This was a business, uh, a business deal. This was what the well, tension was about. Like everything, he uh, he was renting out corporate property, taking no money in. He had his kid it living there. Said he was going to pay. He didn't pay. I went over there one night against my wife's better advice. What year is this, real quick? Sorry, I don't know. 67, maybe, okay. 1967. So you were. And next thing I know, the police are called. His kid goes to the hospital. My father happened to be working in the emergency room. And. Uh, Your father was a doctor. Yeah, in the emergency room. Man, and then Bill shows up and uh, rips, well, tries to attacked my wife who was protecting me because there were a half a dozen of them but anyway bill wellman so wait so what happened wait did you put him in the hospital no one went to the hospital his kid had his nose broken but and you broke his nose well no i think it was all the cocaine even though he was (laughs) ahead of himself that he was snorting but anyway well well, that segues perfectly into uh now there is a story that you once broke a bar stool over a man's head in a bar that you ran. That was Homer Burris, <laughs> good friend of Bill Wellman's. <laughs> so it sounds like there's a theme of Bill Wellman's crew. Came in one night, <laughs> said I stole something from him. I came out. I had a kid that owns a company, a, a CPA a student out of Valparaiso University, Ken uh, and his wife, or then girlfriend, and Homer Burris comes in, knocks him down on the ground, comes back in the office, and attacks me. Now, Homer, for fun, would touch the spark plug on a car and was the strongest, tough guy in, in the bar. He would uh, wire thing, a problem that didn't come up very often, standing in water, live electricity. So <laughs> he, was, he was a rough guy so he, that a, knew... He's a guy you don't want to tangle with. Right. So when I hit him, he stood around for an hour, got Bill Wellman to get the cops out there, taking pictures, and bled all over the lobby of the Holiday Inn, and his shirt looked like I'd almost cut his head off <laughs> because he had stood there an hour bleeding. Where'd, where'd you hit 12. him? He came in the office, which he had no business, and I took a chair and shoved it in his face it happened to be a heavy kind of swivel type deal and it cut him above his left eye i believe was (laughs) he was he drunk because you bleed more when you when you well when he went to the emergency room maybe my father wasn't there when scott woman came but he was when homer homer showed up 
And he said, well, your son did this to me. Was that said to your father a lot? Yeah. It seems like it's been twice now. Yeah, well, <laughs> we had a lot of problems. But it was mainly with Bill Wellman out there and the thieving, no good, you know. But anyway, and I'll prove it, Bill. You want to bring it on? Hey. Uh, Louis Dick's dead, but like your mother never turned down a drink, but she killed dozens of plants by pouring them. Well, and anyway, listen. Uh, Homer then goes to the emergency room, and he said, your son did this. And uh, he, um, my father said, well, maybe you better go get another doctor. You know, it's 3 in the morning, and they show you up. And Homer said, oh, no, I trust you. I trust you. Go ahead. So on the uh, report, which was correctly done, it had strong ethanol odor <laughs> on Vic or on uh, patient's breath. <laughs> it's, uh, so, so when no, he sued Holiday Inn for five hundred thousand, that sued was a key me, piece of evidence. Sued this, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then when Ken Lawrence found out what was going on, he said that crazy. SOB knocked me down, stepped on me, hit me, and he said, I'll testify. You know, went out, guy had to go to Pennsylvania to interview Ken over this. When it was a major thing. But anyway, they dropped it, settled it for $700. (laughs) (laughs) I heard he wears a t shirt around town and said, I had a a stool broken over my face, and all I got was $700. That he did, I yeah. did. No, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's not really. Uh, doesn't seem worth it. To so me. no, but so then. Go ahead. I'm so Chubby ahead. Checker came in and uh, he had a problem, right? <laughs> so you booked him at the Bridgeview Theater. Yeah, I didn't know, but is this is the, he comes in and he says, and what does he say to you? Well, he had been there two, three times at least, and this is in the seventies. Was he an overweight guy? He was a little. He was. The, the, the story, I think, uh, Fats Domino was called Fats Domino and was heavy. And we had Fats Domino uh, booked in the 70s, but uh, uh, Essex or the executor in, in Evansville, he fell off the stage and he was <laughs> drunk apparently. And I called the hospital because we had the tickets and was sold out. Jeez. He never showed up. But then Chubby Checker came along with the twist mm-hmm. after Fats Domino and Dick Clark, um, you know, impresario, yep. uh, his wife supposedly said, you know, Fats Domino, Chubby Checker. And if you see a picture on late night television of Chubby Checker in the early 60s when the twist came out, he was pretty pudgy. Yeah. Now, I've I think seen, Chubby's a good, it's a good description. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he was called. And, and I've like seen a, him at the LA Arboreum, and he said a radio station has not played a song of his in 25 years. And you guys are more aware of this than I am. He said, get, uh, you know, do something on uh, it, the, not the internet or on this because they won't play my songs. Chubby Checker, this was a year or so ago. Not even the, uh, the uh, oldie station? No. Wow. wow. No, he said they wouldn't. And he said, how about getting this on some other channel or do this? And uh, he was with um, a guy who's died since. Um, I think we had him, too. It was a group. That I, 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 can't, I can't remember. Uh, Jay and, not Jay and Americans, I think, was down there. And they, they got the so-called Beach Boys coming back. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, With yeah. the Oak Ridge Boys. We had the Oak Ridge Boys three and four times, and there's stories there. But Mike Love is the only one, and he has the rights to the Beach Boys. And they told me, oh, come and see him. I said, like, hell, I saw him there. Wilson's aren't there, another original guy, but he has the legal right to use the name, which we had from the coasters, and we had that situation. But to answer your question, one time he came in a 50s model bus, Chubby, pulled up, driving it. Another time he had three vans, he pulls in to register. And if you're in Valpo, any listeners, he parked one there, came in the Holiday Inn lobby, goes back out, and the, no van in sight. There were still two there. The van was found down at Semenos Tavern, about a, two <laughs> a mile well down the road. Valparaiso watering hole. <laughs> yeah. Someone just walking by on 30. But anyway. So somebody stole the van and drove it on down. Down there. He got it back. Nothing was taken. The guy just saw it. <laughs> it's a good welcome to Valparaiso. He'd been there, and then he came He'd been there at least three times, maybe four. He calls up and said, I need the Holiday Inn doctor. Now, this is in the 70s. Holiday Inn had dentists, doctors on call That's in crazy. the 60s. Just from their own offices? They had well, no, you'd sign up. That was Got a it. draw. You know, if you, so he said, I need that. I said, you know, look, that, there hadn't been a Holiday Inn doctor on call or a dentist in 10 years. And what do you need? And Did he call the front desk? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they gave him to me, and he got said it. he's got a problem, and he wants to handle something. So I said, hey, look, my father may be working in an emergency room. If not, he, you know, he's running it or has a contract, and I'll take you up there. And he said, no, I can't go to any hospital. Uh, and uh, I said, well, okay, uh, let me call. I'll get back to you. And so I called. My father happened to be working, and I said, Dad, I don't know what it is, but there's something, you know. He does not want to go into a public hospital or a county hospital and through their normal routine of the emergency room. And he said, bring him up, tell him to come in this door, and I'll treat him as a private patient. So we go up there, and I tell him he goes back, and he wasn't in there three or four minutes, comes back and says... Uh, he's got a prescription, and I we drove by Hooks there on Laporte down from the hospital. I said, you want to stop here and fill it? He said, no, I'll get a band member to fill it. And he showed on the deal, it said Ernest Evans, I think. Is that his, his real, name. That's his real name. His real name, I think Ernest Evans. Okay. And so anyway, we go on back. Well, you know, I, here I am. I was kind of curious. I said, Dad, what was it? He said he had gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, Father, he had it before, or he knew. He said, I'm allergic to penicillin. It was a repeat I, case. <laughs> I need, well, he didn't tell my father that he had had it before, but he said, I have to take this antibiotic. So he knew which, what fixed it. Yeah, my father said that was the correct one. <laughs> so that's the one he wrote the prescription for. Did your father say a little less twisting, or if you're going to do some twisting, maybe with some protection? Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you've seen his act. twist with a raincoat on. <laughs> you know, you think it might have been a little uncomfortable. But uh, then we, you know, we had Frankie Avalon. They threw him off the, talk about the, parochialism of a small town he wellman sold an equity membership in the country club 
and kept the money. It wasn't his, it was the corporation's. So when they threw a Frankie Avalon, <laughs> who was playing golf because he wasn't a member, and I called oh, they him. they threw him off the course? Yeah. Told him to get to hell. Frankie well, Avalon? Yeah. That guy was a huge star well, in the 60s. Oh, yeah. And he goes, uh, I called the pro. That's like craft. throwing off uh, yeah. Brad Pitt off your golf course. He said, I'm sorry, a member said it. So he went to Forest Park. If you're in Valpo, you know where that is. And he uh, uh, got on there. It was public. But I that said, hey, look, look for you. let him go under Corral Amusements membership. Oh, no, you don't have that anymore. I said, what the hell are you talking about? He said, oh, Guy Wellman, Bill's father, cashed it in. I said, whose name was it in? Well, I said, was he Mr. Crowell Amusements or Mr. Guy Wellman? I said, you gave him and paid him out. Now we want the money that you gave him and let Frankie Avalon. He said, oh, no, I'm not. You know, what a sorry son now of a I bitch. Now I see why you have a problem with this. Well, well, well yeah, let, yeah. let me put a side note here. <laughs> I fought the grandson of the Wellman. Really? Guy Jr.? Guy Jr. This is like a back to the I future. Fought, I fought him in my front yard at Valparaiso. This is like the McFly's versus yeah, the this is a, It's a huge family uh, <laughs> rivalry. I might fly there and fight <laughs> just, just to be a part of it. <laughs> you know, he's 93. I don't know. 92, Bill, last I time think I you saw should, him. You should fly back and one more challenge. Say, let's do well, it one he, more time. He and Virgil Sweet... <laughs> Was a, the most hypocritical son of a bitch I've ever met. Chuck Krieger agrees with me. <laughs> of course. But he no one else <laughs> does because uh, he's kind of iconic, but he, I could tell stories on him. But that's is Sweet his real last name or is no, that? Well, uh, the basketball coach. Okay. He's still alive in Florida. Isn't he in Florida? I saw yeah. an article on him. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a, still alive. Wait, yeah. he was your basketball yeah. coach at he, Purdue? Now, yeah. wait. Now, so you. Uh, so, you went uh, D1 uh, basketball scholarship to Purdue. Your other brother, he went on a basketball scholarship too. Uh, Davidson, when they were number one to five. Uh, and you held and, the uh, Indiana State free throw record. Well, high school, 30-some straight. But 30 in a row? 33 or 4 or 5. What year was that broken? Six, in the 90s, I think. It stood for about From, almost 30 uh, years. Yeah, it was a Valparaiso, but we were the preeminent free throw shooting team in Indiana. Because of Virgil Sweet? Yeah. Well, if you shoot 500 free throws a day, every day. Is that what you were doing? And you and had good, you know, no hook shots, underhanded or anything else, with good form. And you shoot that, that's 2,500 a week. When I was at Purdue... During the four years, freshmen weren't eligible for the varsity, but uh, you practiced, and three years of varsity and the freshman, I don't think we shot 25 or 30 at the direction of the coach. Jeez. They assumed you knew how to shoot a free throw. And once or twice, he said, go out and shoot some free throws if we were pract- you know, at a Michigan or Michigan State, uh, just trying the, the um, court out just to get out there. Yeah. But um, so anyway, you shoot that many, you got a little better advantage than the most teams that didn't practice at all. Let's um, say I took you to an indoor court, no wins, not a problem. Get you on the foul line, ten foul shots. What do you? How many you think you're going to hit? Right now, not very many, but six. (laughs) Probably. I saw him. uh, 
I saw you shoot at Washington Township, Township. Uh, 1995. I saw you go out there. When was the last time you picked up a basketball before that? Probably a year. And but you went a, out and you sank. Uh, I'm talking four or five form, straight. Just sank them right in. Nothing but net. So I think you're being modest. I think nine well, out of ten. I hadn't touched one, and it felt like you know my hands. I was spitting on my fingers, and Alexander, Ryan's older brother, uh, kept telling me, you know, they have a free throw contest. So the fathers and the Gateses, big farmers. And he played Chris. He was probably uh, 20 years younger than I was. And he, they, I think I hit the first one. Then yeah. Three or four others hit. Then another one or two. But on the fourth one that I hit straight, Gates was the only other guy shooting and he missed. Or it could have been five straight. But I hadn't shot. Two, three, four years. So you took and, the title, and, and I hit the and it was nice <laughs> for Alexander. And there was a big farmer out there. Um, what's his name? Um, nice guy. And I was years after that. I was walking down the street, and a guy said, "Hey, are you O'Neill?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, I work with this guy, and he was a contemporary of Chris Gates, who I beat." And he said he loved it. He said he deserved it. And he said he's still talking about when you beat him. And, of course, we had a, a reputation. Valparaiso High School is the best in the state by, by far. And we had guys shoot four, 500 straight. And, I mean, hit that many. Wow. And some That's guys with a blindfold hit six or seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You need Shaquille O'Neal should have been sent you know, to this guy's suite to fix uh, his know, shooting problems. It, how many more games are you going to win if your team shoots 80%, you know, in high school or in the pros? So it it's a under uh, appreciated and not utilized, especially uh, these days. It's the equivalent yeah. of the front kick in MMA. It's uh, underutilized, underused, but should be even yeah. uh, a coach like Calipari for Memphis and now Kentucky. His players, uh, they've all, for some reason, his team shoot terrible foul shooting percentages, and it's always plagued them in the NCAA tournament. I didn't follow it that close. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, for, for whatever reason, he gets these guys who are super athletic, high recruits, but you know, down it gets down the stretch, and uh, they cost him the championship with Derrick Rose. Who's, it did. Yeah, he, oh, it he did. missed a uh, big foul shot, and they lost. Spent the too much Derrick time Rose on. Did. Yeah, they yeah. spent too much time on the other. They think other things are more important. Yeah. So you know, the fundamentals Sweet was good at. He's still alive, which is okay. But uh, you asked me, I went, I signed up, Florida State, uh, who's the uh, guy from Smokey and the Bandit? He played football. Burt Reynolds. He was there in the mid-late 50s. I went there in 62, Hugh Durham, who went on, coached Georgia. And I was uh, down there. Kennedy was the coach. We went out, and my father would take me down there, and we went down to the golf out from Tallahassee. So were you just to, going to visit the school? Yeah, visit. And then we went down, and the governor was eating dinner at a seafood restaurant on the golf, which is probably 20 miles from Tallahassee. Talked to him and everything, went back and signed up, said this is a pretty good deal because it was all 
girls up till the mid 50s. Oh, Reynolds must have gone there shortly after it went to coeducational and uh, signed up, was walking down the hall of the high school, and they said Tom Miller from Lafayette Jeff, which we didn't play, but I knew Jeff, is coming here also. And we'll put you guys from Indiana, you know, together in a in a room down here. So I'm walking down the hall. Virgil Sweet calls, said, "What? Come in here a minute." And I said, "What?" I, I said, "Well, where are you go?" I said, "I'm going to Florida State. I signed a letter of intent for a scholarship." He said, "Well, why did you go to Purdue?" And I said, "Well, they didn't offer me a scholarship, and I've already signed up, and I'm not looking." He said, "Come here. I'm gonna get Ray Eddy on the phone." And if he offers you a scholarship, here I'm an 18, kind of browbeat by, a, you know, a basketball coach or a young kid. He said, and he offers you one, will you take it? Well, you know, rather than say no, I said, I'd already said I wasn't looking. He calls him, Ray Eddy comes on at Purdue and said, I'll offer you one. But why but, did your coach want you to because, go to Purdue so badly? Because it was better for him. If he had a kid playing at a Big Ten school near oh, Valparaiso, got it. and we had another kid go to Northwestern, it's better than Florida State. You're out of the media. Yeah. It's better for him. He has this. So you almost went to Florida State. Well, then I walk out of there. You talk about the unprincipled bastard. I had committed. And they probably quit looking for a period of time, whatever position yeah. I was going to apply or, or play there. And the next thing, uh, I'm committed to Purdue. So then I had to call, and I don't know, Sweet must have known, but now if you sign a letter of intent, there may be penalties to get out from under it. Yeah. You know, lose a year. Well, I called and told them I'm changed my mind. I'm not coming. Well, then I sign one and go to Purdue. And I'll, lo and behold, I hadn't heard anything, but my roommate at Purdue was Tom Miller from Jeff. And I said, he what did, a small world. We did, were going to be roommates at Florida State. He, he did the same he, thing. He did That's the crazy. same thing. Was what? his coach and, in on this? Uh, no, 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 sweet. Dinner, What's I don't the know likelihood why. of that happening? But, yeah, I mean – I said, it's a small world. Wow. You guys are just destined to be roommates. Yeah, and except then he married his girlfriend after one semester. Oh, what a loser. Yeah, (laughs) well, and then he quit. Say, buried her? Buried her. Oh, I thought he said, buried her. Married her. Oh, I hope he didn't bury her when she was pregnant. This is back in 62. (laughs) That's the thing. Then he. Quit football. He had a. He said a football basketball. Was he, that was that common then to no, play well, two sports? I don't know. More I just, common than it is now, probably. I just saw a, a, a teammate of mine, Joe Jamison, who died. He was a doctor out of Middletown, a really nice guy. Had a four-year scholarship to Purdue, and I talked to a guy two, three years ago at an old timers game, Tom Hess, that I said you were playing and on the varsity and i was a freshman or sophomore then you weren't there he said they didn't renew my scholarship and i said what the hell are you talking about i thought they were four-year scholarships he said no they were renewable they were every renewable. year yeah so what if you had a down year they would say sorry. well they wouldn't do that very quickly because then guys would get 
yeah. get uh, apprehensive. But they did it to him, and he said, and you ought to check into that if any one of your listeners, uh, are they four-year or uh, just annual renewable? Now, wow. this was a long time ago. Yours, though, was a four-year. Well, I said, I thought it might be because I had some – non-productive year or two in there and a few problems <laughs> i said but they renewed it but um tom quit they said hey you had a football scholarship and you quit football tom said well no i thought it was basketball and he didn't know he'd signed it they said well you're gonna have to now you quit back you know and you're gonna have to sweep the gym out and you're going to have to <laughs> clean up Christ. in the locker room wow. to keep your scholarship. And here we are playing, and he wasn't on the basketball team anymore. They kicked him, and he quit football. He's up in the bleachers <laughs> Jesus cleaning Christ. them, wow. sweeping them, and I'm thinking it's pretty brutal. That was, you a, know? That was a tougher time, And people I are guess. complaining about the collegiate system now. Well, I mean, it's, that sounds pretty – it's always been pretty rough. Well, if he didn't know – I was a college kid, smart – how would he think he was told that, but then they didn't want him playing basketball. He wasn't doing that well, so they just threw him off both. Wow. Was he your roommate at the time? No. Uh, at the end of the semester, I came back, didn't have a roommate. So if you're on scholarship, normally you'd have a, a basketball player with a basketball. Bob Hadrick uh, lost his roommate, Mike Fooey, who joined the uh, Marines. And so Bob was a football player, a, fra- a freshman, second semester. So we moved in together. Got it. And that's how I became familiar and uh, a lot of the football players because I uh, roomed with Hadrick, who later was number one or a pick uh, bonus baby with the Denver in 66 and was all Big Ten, really made Bob greasy. Jim Fafflick, another roommate of mine out of Cleveland East Tech, or uh, you know Cleveland, um, Clinton Jones, uh, Larry Kaminsky, uh, Fafflick, a bunch of big name players out of Cleveland. Well, people are paying attention to this. It's going to be <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. going to be a quiz at oh, the end. Clinton Jones <laughs> was a big, but anyway, he was they said he could have been an all-american but he and hadrick were alternating at miami and hadrick caught on and caught 70 percent of the passes thrown and ron de gravio was a purdue quarterback then and they had some good teams we beat notre dame every year and purdue was really good in uh, the late 50s early so what happened uh he um uh hadrick started catching a few more than fafflick and so Hadrick became the starting end and didn't get injured till the latter part of his senior year. Hat Fafflick never played. And in fact, he wouldn't even travel because if, you know, they'd have five, six deep. You have a hundred and some players on scholarship. So I don't know how many each position was, but Fafflick never got in a game and didn't even travel. And uh, Hadrick, you know, went on and then, we had so wait you uh you you were telling a story earlier about was it one of your roommates you were in indianapolis and you got robbed and uh you were you were pistol whipped (laughs) that was in uh, high school i believe it that was in high school i believe the term you used was uh pistol whipped the shit out of you well 
the advice. Well, this, I, I thought this was college. This is high school. This is high school. That's a that's okay. A, so what were you? So you went to Indianapolis. Well, what do high school boys do when they're down in the heart <laughs> of um, Indiana, the Avenue in Indianapolis? I, I don't know. What do they do? I, I'm not from that area, so I don't well, know. Is that a rhetorical question? Drive the strip? That's my guess. Pete Shively, poor guy, died. I was best man at his wedding, and your mom, he uh, died of a heart attack. He was adopted and a uh, good friend, and... Uh, <laughs> I like the backstory that you give. He was shout out. He went out to go in with this black gentleman (laughs) to go in and get a a visit of female. Was this female expecting him, or was this sort of a money transaction? No one in this case. The guy was a fraud. And when Pete came back about you know twenty seconds later with his hand up. Wait, wait, quick question. Was yeah. the black gentleman setting your friend yeah. up with? So yeah. this was a business transaction. Well, yeah. So okay. he said, "Do you know any uh, ladies of right. the night?" He of the says, night. "Yeah." So got it. The guy came to the window. I was sitting in the driver's seat, and this the guy I thought was a wuss next to us. Uh, he wouldn't give him his watch. He took everything. Oh, wait, put, put, put the yeah, there. Put the mic. <laughs> and, and he said, "I'm not giving it to you." And the guy's pointing a gun. And I said, "Hey, wait a minute!" And the guy comes, just hits me in the mouth with this damn pistol. And Pete, pretty strong, me football player, and uh, was behind him. And this guy's kind of scrawny. And I said, "I can grab that gun," or I hope Pete grabs him. But if it was a loaded gun. I said, "If he twists away." He's going to shoot one of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we might get hit. Were you bleeding, I'm assuming, from the mouth? Well, in my mouth, it wasn't. He Mainly inside, he hit, you know, my teeth against my inner. No, no teeth uh, missing? No, no teeth. Wow. You and figured. so, but the words of wisdom, uh, as he said, boys, I want to leave you with this message. There's more than one way to get fucked and you experience the other way. <laughs> that way, it's so, a good, it's a good yeah, job on his yeah. part in part of leaving you yeah, in a mess. A, a, lot of, bit of a lot of criminals would have just left. That's a good tattoo to get, maybe. It's a word, it's quite wisdom. At, least, a lot of wisdom. at least the bumper sticker. So, now, I want to point out something yeah. here. So, uh, now that was maybe the first time in a series of a number of times people have pulled guns on you it doesn't seem to affect you i remember there was a time where some people were illegally hunting on our farm and you had confronted them and they all had rifles uh do you want to talk, do you want to talk about that well, incident? that that's kind of a bad deal when i think about it because your older brother was probably 12 14 15 years old there were maps and the police when they Alexander went to your brother at the fair and said, we have some marijuana plants growing out here on the farm. And they called me. We had a lot me. of marijuana plants. Uh, well, they called me. And we had said, a couple thousand pounds of oh. marijuana plants. And uh, I said, well, what do you mean? Why, why are you calling me? And uh, he said, well, there's been re- reported by your son, there's marijuana growing wildly out or this wild. And I said, yeah, there is. And I said, well, you know, I've, plant the field drive by he said how many do you think and i said i don't know i don't really pay maybe two or three hundred so they sent two state cops out with some gasoline and they go down the lane now alexander having turned you know uh told him to come out uh 
So Alexander like, narked this out. He's T turned stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, this guy, <laughs> he was shooting doves. And these guys were down trying to uh, eradicate this with some gasoline. And they threw it in the water uh, because, I don't know, they couldn't really set the uh, cornfield on fire. And I don't know what they did with the gasoline. I think they just picked what they could. Alexander was shooting down the lane doves, which were in season. They thought someone was shooting their state police cars of uh, marijuana guys. God. Next thing I know, I come up. Alexander's laying down in the barnyard, face down. <laughs> they got guns on him, <laughs> saying, you son of I said, hey, wait a minute. If he was down there, well, first of all, he's the one that even got you out here. Where are the holes, you know? Yeah. Let him up, by God. What are you pulling that crap for? And uh, so anyway, they then wanted to know if they could get prisoners to come out there. And I'd cut out two or three rows of corn along the edge. It was a mother load, 40,000 plants. They wow. found a little. You underestimated, yeah, underestimated by two or three hundred. You maybe you know. I think for the people listening out there, it's a lesson not to tell the police if you have wild Ooh. marijuana growing on your property because they may turn on you and make you get. Yeah, on the but I'm, I'm talking. So well, there, there well was, but what happened? Then, okay. In the meantime, we had a lot. Yes, of we had people a ton of people coming out with coming Illinois out plates along the railroad tracks. They've since put in another, the second, or replaced it. But you could drive along because they had removed yeah. in the fifties. And when we were kids, we would you, you would take us up there. And you'd say, look at this son of a bitch. And then we would do stuff to their cars. Right. It, well, they were, <laughs> they were poachers. Yeah, well, they were yeah. marijuana poachers. And they were cutting bad weed probably with good weed. Or well, just selling bad weed, maybe. Right. I mean, that much. But there were maps I had seen. And that was a noted area for where hemp was growing during the Second World War for rope and things. And somehow it grew right along the Laporte Porter County line. But anyway, I was with Alexander, and a guy's probably fifty yards from us, and I'm getting tired of you know the guys out yeah. there. And I said, "Hey, you no good son of a bitch! What are you doing? Trust So I'm looking for <laughs> mushrooms. I said, "My ass, you're trespassing to begin with." Hallucinogenic mushrooms or mushrooms well, to eat? Because Ryan, when we were in Indianapolis, went on a mushroom. Picking. We want a mushroom hunt. Well, you've also you also go on wild mushroom hunts oh, right. as well. Yeah, more, uh, more, 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 but moral, this guy. Moral. But anyway, and I made what I'm saying was a bad deal. Alexander's going to do what his father did, and he's 12, 14 years old, and he was a good shot. Yeah. You know, with a rifle or uh, uh, a shotgun, but this was a rifle. And I said, if that guy pulls a gun out, Alexander. You shoot that bastard in the leg. So you have protection. <laughs> and Alexander. So, so he's just your sniper. <laughs> yeah. In the form he's of a, his son. And he's like a 12 year old kid. Maybe 14. And he said, no problem. Yeah. He just yeah. said, okay, yeah. dad. If he's, he, he's your secret service man. You know what? <laughs> the guy luckily didn't because I, I would have hit him in the leg or whatever. And I said, here, here, you know, I'm telling him to shoot the guy. If anyone was going to shoot him, I should have shot him myself. Not to get out of Alexander. <laughs> you wanted it to be more He's of better. a surprise, though. Yeah, yeah. The good leaders and, delegate uh, jobs. Right. You but gave your 14-year-old son, kill that bastard if he looks. <laughs> but he's going to get off as a, as a minor. He'll probably serve a little bit of time in juvie, and that's it. You and, know, but I always thought I shouldn't have had him 
do that, but he thought nothing of it. It's like when you went with your mother out west. Yeah. And these guys were following them. We went, uh, we saw a cave. We were driving to Yellowstone National Park. It was mom, uh, Alexander, my, and then my sister and me. We were young kids, 1987. And uh, we turned off this side road to go see this cave. And some guys were following us. And uh, we had brought a handgun. And so Alexander was the oldest. We handed him the handgun. And my mom said, if these guys... Is it out in the car or is it where... It's, you it's in his it? hand. When well, he, where do you have it? <laughs> yeah, but where do you keep it while you're driving? Oh, under the seat. Under the passenger okay. seat. Okay. Was that common fare in the O'Neill family or just this yeah, family it trip? Yeah, it was... I think... I mean, you always had guns in your truck, truck? at all times. Okay. I'm from a different uh, time and place, I believe. Yeah. So, so then he, my mom, mom, you know, he said, Yo. if anything happens, you shoot these guys. Okay. And uh, they followed us. Uh, we saw the entrance to the cave... I think it was in an old church, like something you would see in like a Western. And we just turned around and headed back. Said, uh, "What do you think their intentions were to rob you? Probably get you in that cave. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I don't well, know. their mother was pretty good looking young lady. <laughs> I don't. Maybe they were pedophiles, and Ryan would have been the one in trouble. But you know, we talk about a gun. I had a twenty-two short. You can't get a twenty-two short anywhere in California that I know of. And I always carry it up in the mountains and you could carry it in the palm of your hand like that. And you wrap it in uh Kleenex. Well I, I did just and so <laughs> I, I I said this honest God truth. Two or three months ago we were up on thirty nine and walking up a road and uh i said i've got to try this because these bullets have been in there these shorts for about and it's a not a rim fire i mean it's a rim not a center fire and i said i'm not so sure and it's kind of a small gun and i said i'm not so sure this works i'm gonna fire them and little, see little quality control. you know what <laughs> honest to god about five minutes later i didn't because i heard a Two uh, rangers were coming up. Jesus Christ. And the first guy said, another guy's coming. And I said, Jesus, he he probably had been too. And you never run into rangers up there. No. And another one's coming. The second one came, and I said, what's going on here? He said, we darted a bear in Duarte, and we're bringing it up here and turning him loose. Wow. (laughs) He said, I got to keep going because he might come out. And I'm thinking they could have heard it, but... I went to Joe, you know who Joe is. From, yeah. Uh, I went to a Dodger game, and I carried this with me all the time. I've, and I've, it's Reg. I got a permit in Indiana. So I, I'm going. I don't know if it'll do you. <laughs> well, I went to a Dodgers game, and I see the policemen are checking people or doing something. I don't because they'd had that trouble, you know, fights yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I said, Jesus, I got inside and got about – 10, 15 feet from the policeman at the final. And I said, Joe, I need the key to your truck. I got it. Oh, no, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I said, hey, I got to go back there. I forgot. And so I took that gun. But the worst one, and I'd still be in jail, I was on uh, San Fernando. There's a curve uh, down in Glendale where there's a public service deal or the state of uh, California. And I had that in my pocket. I walk into this deal to get something from the state of Indiana or the state of California. And not more than five feet inside were two policemen. 
sitting at a table. There you go. Sitting at a table. And they said, like at the airport, empty your pockets and put everything in here. They, they would have got a surprise. Well, <laughs> I would have too. I don't know what, you know, an unlicensed a, a gun being so anyway. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. This is, Allegedly, all, for, yeah. This is all for satire. <laughs> so what happened was I was worried the door wouldn't open out. And it was roped off. You, you oh, came so in, it was an e- and, in entrance only. Yeah. Well. You're thinking. Maybe. You could go out. Yeah. So I said, well, I'm screwed. I mean, the guys were sitting right there, two of them. And so I said, Jesus, wait a minute. So I went out and I'm thinking, hey, what the, come back in here, buddy. And, and so then in the parking lot, there was another cop walking around, and I thought, I better just leave. But I hid the pistol, and I thought, man, if they ever research it. So I go back in five, three or four or five minutes later. This cop goes, what the hell was that all about? I said, well, I had a loaded pistol. In my- no, I said, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot my paperwork and ID. He said, what? I said, yeah. And Smooth. the guy, I'm thinking, Jeez. he was so complacent. How many guys he could have, man? Yeah, uh, we've been in a little bit of trouble. I'd, I'd, what would have done? Well, what would they have done to him? I don't him? think you knew your reputation, but he, well, I think you got off on your yeah, good looks. Yeah, you know, but great. You know what? Zydeco music. You guys heard of that? Is that buckwheat Zydeco? Buckwheat no. Zydeco. I took out Ryan's mother, and she didn't like me say it. But we went to Chicago. She doesn't like the, you don't know me to say it because she said it's not the truth. Well, anyway, <laughs> we went to see him in Chicago. Don't and there let the truth get in the way. A hundred people there, and here's an old Zydeco guy said, "I've always been lucky, but when I met my wife, I hit the jackpot." And so that's what I say now. I tell my wife and Ryan would agree that I did hit the jackpot (laughs) when I met. Yeah, I did. Go ahead. I'm talking. Okay, no. So there there was a time where there was four hunters on on the farm, and you confronted them, and you said something along the lines, "You better kill me, or I'm going to do something to your wives." Do you remember this? Were you there? No, I I, oh. re- I remember this happening. I think maybe Alex, somebody was there. I had trouble with cattle. You had a couple hundred cattle, and you get uh, you haven't lived till it's raining midnight with two hundred black cattle out on major oh, yeah. roads. But anyway, or they've gotten out, and you got to yeah. herd them up, and you're drenched. Uh, the, yeah, CSX. It's always the black ones. You'd ride at <laughs> night. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, listen. If they got blonde hair, I kind of like them when I was younger, you know? When you're younger, okay. But uh, anyway. Black with blonde hair. Beyonce. Well, okay. no, I don't like her. Okay. Well. But uh, anyway, she. Uh, so these guys were walking down the track where the marijuana guys had go, and they climbed over the fence. And the, what had happened in Indiana, if – you you go to the center and to the right you pay for and your neighbor to the right his right pays for it and that's a law whether he's got cattle or not talking about the fence the fence so the railroad is supposed to maintain it 
the whole distance themselves. And we the had, fence along the railroad tracks. Right, yeah. uh, to keep them. So these guys were walking along the track, and it was probably several thousand feet. And they, I saw them climb over and bend this fence down. It was a cheap damn fence. Yeah. Just so during the day? It, yeah. Okay. And they were hunting rabbits. Yeah, people would destroy our fence yeah. over there. And if and you we would have down, to go over there and patch it and do all work yeah. on it. And if the cattle would find it and get out, yeah. yeah. And CSX said, "Well, if you know they're getting out, CSX is the railroad company. Right. Sounds like a, a dangerous situation. Well, with they a said train well, coming through yeah. with cattle. Well, that or if they got, but he just said running onto the road, well, the yeah. road, or if they we had a car hit one of ours. Yeah, and lucky lady, I don't know how she did it, but anyway, it was daylight. But he said, if you know they're getting out, you're higher on the liability chain than we are, you know." And uh, so uh, he's right. You know, if I'm staying, well, it's your fence. You better fix it. Well, my cattle are walking now as we talk. He was right. So I paid a guy. It was 7000 I guess I had the cheap-ass fence in there. But he, then I couldn't get probably 50, 100 phone calls to CSX, a big corporation, railroad, with tens of thousands of miles. The guy's name's Smith, one smartass, out of, I think, Jacksonville, Florida. He said, if you misspell my name, I'm throwing at your uh, bill. And I said, how in the hell would I misspell Smith? <laughs> He's so smartass. <laughs> so no one had the authorization to pay the 7000 Eventually, I got it. But these guys were knocking this fence down. There was three, four guys. I think there was four, yeah. And, and this is all just the hunt. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah. But they were coming onto our property, and there were deer out there. I, you know, Alexander shot a couple of deer, yeah. and uh, we had ducks. We had um, deer. But anyway, I was probably 100 yards from them, and they saw them do it. And I was out in our field with a truck and uh, could drive across it without any problem or getting stuck. So I stopped. Or no, I may have come up to them and told them uh, to get the hell off. And the guy said, oh, you know, go screw yourself or that. Was the, I'm and, sure it was more colorful language. Well, yeah. But the last, said, thing, the last thing you want to say to Steve O'Neill is go screw yourself. Yeah. And he has <laughs> shotgun, I think. Or maybe I had a rifle. Okay. And I said something. In about, the truck? Yeah. Okay. And he was on our side then he knocked it down more of the one or two of the three at least one to get back over the fence and he said i I said you sorry no good lying bastard you did too look at that and i said you're trespassing on the the railroad property you aren't supposed to be out there to begin with and then you're on our property well it's not i said hey and then one word led to another these guys your age younger older this guy's probably mid twenties. I was probably forty five, fifty, and then th- this dad was probably about my age. So it was a deaf father and a son. Yeah, and maybe another guy or two. There were at least four of them, okay. and I. One thing led to another, and I ended up calling him a uh, in- inbred, no good son of a bitch, and his <laughs> a, a wife. Or he said something, and I said, you know, you. 
Well, anyway, the guy got so mad, and his wife wasn't there, but I described her or something, I think, to him, and so many, or said, hey, bring her along, maybe I'll give her hunting privileges, you know, if she, uh, I got a boar hog here, if I like, you know, like the pictures or something, but anyway, that guy got, her having sex with the, the, with the boar, it was was bad, and he got so furious that I got in a truck and backed up, Got, I said, I got a rifle, you no good bastard. See what you can do with that shotgun out here 100 yards. I said. So all this is being yelled across 100 yeah. yards? <laughs> and the guys are there. And I said, you know, and I was almost pissed. You know, that's how it happens. I was almost pissed enough. Well, I didn't fire a shot in their direction. You're you know? almost pissed enough well, to shoot them. Shoot, yeah. If the guy had fired a shotgun at me, I think I would have, which I, he couldn't have hit me, but I might have shot. I fired one at him, I think, because uh, I don't know. If a guy shoots 100 yards at you with a shotgun first, <laughs> oh, then you shoot him with a rifle, are they going to bring charges? No. It's on your own land? Yeah. It, it's farm justice. You know, it's <laughs> farm. How do you know you grew up? I'm just I'm learning. I'm just learning. I'm a suburban guy. I'm learning as I go. It just in this conversation, I might get a, a gun and put it in, in my car. You That's know what? I, I would. So not. There, there's also another story of uh, somebody. Uh, you you cut a guy off as you're pulling into the motel, the Valparaiso Motel, infamous former, landmark, but or famous famous landmark, landmark, landmark I apologize. Uh, in Valparaiso, and uh, they built a Walgreens next to it. And they kind of shared a, a, a driveway uh, or to turn onto the highway. And you cut a guy off who was pulling out of Walgreens as you're pulling into the motel. Uh, do you remember that? Well, I didn't cut him. The driveways were 20 feet apart. And he, I was going down 30 with the right of way to turn in yeah. to the motel. And he thought I was going to keep going west on 30. And not turn, you know, within 20 feet. So he either hit or didn't hit me, he did something. And because uh, I, I had every perfect right to turn in there. And I forget. Oh. So then he follows you into the motel parking lot. Yeah, he follows lot, in. And he had a lady with him. Yeah. And his wife was, or a gal was with him. She attractive? You know. <laughs> I've been happily married to Ryan's mother for, I would say, I'm if just I wasn't asking, married. I'm asking for my sake. I'm single. If I had a time machine. This <laughs> was 25 years ago. I'd seen the day when she would have been attractive enough to, yeah. you know. To throw her uh, clothes up in the tree yeah. on but, Sunday. So what happened, this guy pulls in, halfway in, and yelling or doing this or something, he he ends up jumping out and going like reaches in like a vet, like he has a shoulder holster, so as I recall. Big big mistake. He's making yeah. a move on you. He, he <laughs> Clint Eastwood. He made your day. <laughs> and I think I was armed as I normally was because it's a dangerous area, and um, so he acts like I figured he probably didn't have a gun, but I came and pulled one out. And he gets back into his truck. I think it was a pick. I think it was a pickup. And his wife's on the passenger side. He gets in there. 
And he's still kind of feebly going, hey, you mother, I'm going to teach you and reach and act like he's got a, a, a shoulder holster Did or you something. ever think maybe he had maybe an itchy nipple that he, he was just constantly? No, no, he was implying <laughs> that he had a gun. Okay. And so but, you go, you don't like when people imply things. Well, yeah. You, guys, want, guy you, want like, fa- you want to state a fact. Yeah. What'd you, what was your reaction? So what happened, his wife is saying, get Get in, get the in, and get the hell out of here. To the husband, please, just and get inside. I can't remember. I think what I did, I p- took a hint from her, having said that, that I went around to the passenger side. <laughs> you you saw her vulnerability. Yeah. Okay. And her, te- you know. He smelled fear. I got it. And I put a pistol up to the window, and it was rolled up, <laughs> locked. Pointed it right at her. She's trying to probably, dodge it. Probably exacerbated. I'm going, you son of a bitch. You're following her then yeah. as she's moving. Yeah. She's screaming hysterical. You may have said, caused a divorce. You know what? It's pretty intuitive of you. And I think it, it created a lot of problems in that marriage. If I'm, they sure, were. I'm sure you'd say did. it probably did. If, if she's just, yelling. If he just got inside the car, it would have been okay. He's on the other side, Dad. Yeah. And I'm following her. She's screaming, you bastard, leave. Get out of here. And I'm saying, go ahead. You know, I, I'm playing yeah. up in case the cop, hey, you got a gun, man. You're threatening to kill me. Yeah. I'm going to put one in your wife's head to begin with, then I'm going to shoot you. Did, did you say put it in your wife's you know head, head, or did you use some more explicit well, language? Well, probably. <laughs> we don't want to scare any of our ch- children listeners. You know, when that black guy, uh, pimp, yeah. down there, he taught pointed, you, the you get a gun at your head. <laughs> well, she's screaming like crazy. And he is getting mad and nasty and yelling at me and going to do this. He stayed there a minute or two. Oh, really? And a minute or two wow. too long. Showed how much he valued his wife. And she's <laughs> trying little, to I get guess. away, and I'm playing it up, saying, she's getting it, you son of a bitch. Pull it out. She's dying. And then she's going crazy. <laughs> so how does this end? She how, blames him, obviously, does... for not leaving. Well, he ended up leaving. So he said, all right, all right, and then he got in his car? Yeah. And, and then did you lower your gun or did you keep it up? Well, I didn't oh, fire a shot. No, no, but then, but then you had to get rid of the gun in case the authorities were called. As, as I recall, Allegedly. Now, you put, I put the you, gun behind. You, but you threw one, the gun underneath one of the trailers that we well, had. Well, I just hid it there in case yeah. they came out. Allegedly. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know well, if he's going to threaten me. Yeah, it's defense, self-defense. Now, that brings us, though, to an interesting Allegedly. topic of the motel. Uh, a lot of interesting I mean, things. We could do, we could do probably yeah, 10 episodes do, on the motel yeah. alone. I mean, there was what, a lot of... Which motel? Well, you found the infamous... Uh, oh, the, Jesus. The chicken fucker was there. And you were the man that... You you are the guy that cracked the case. You know... If, if you Google this, if you Google Valparaiso Motel and uh, chicken, you're going to find a slew of articles about a man who... Uh, he was disturbed. He was, he was mentally oh, handicapped. Jesus, yeah. He actually uh, reoffended not all that long ago. Oh yeah, yeah. A waterfowl oh. in. Uh, he switched. He little... switched. He's into new things. Oh, he's into yeah. He's into amphibious <laughs> amphibious birds. You know what? Maybe on to swans next. Now this caused the whole stir, which uh, well radio shows were calling you, and those guys, somebody out of Chicago. I said, yeah. I mean, I said Don Imus. Is a pro, you sorry son of a bitch, but he, uh, Brandmeister or 
Jonathan Brian Mazzano should Yeah, I think call so. Yeah, some, I think that sounds He familiar. called, and I some company said he cannot put you on the radio because I said I don't want to be on the radio. But I said you would think you'd have to sign some yeah, sort of permission. And he said uh, something, and I said, "Look, you, you know, sorry." Well, they cut some of it, but guys told me I was listening. Nipsco, where I was listening, and he because he was a, a, one of those shock jocks that had a big. If it was Brian, there was one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, it was one and of those radio. I thought it was a man cow, no? Man cow. Oh, it man cow. Been. Is that it? It might have been. Odd that the and, only non-O'Neal in the in the room knows that information. Because man there cow. was a guy. In, there, <laughs> but I, I thought there was I, I more was than one. Cow. I thought that the, the radio they, stations oh. all started catching on because they knew that they could kind of get you fired up. What? And then you had gotten multiple calls. Well, then, yeah. I, I well, don't know who the first guy to call was. It might have been man cow. Ryan, he said Jay Leno. He heard it was something on yeah, it. Yeah, Jay Leno did a joke and, about it. And then they called me and wanted to do 10 minutes or something. And I said, hey, look, there's nothing lower than what that guy did. The guy's sick. It's sad. His mother put him up here because his brother was bringing his kids to town. It's a sad situation. The guy's mentally yeah. disabled. If you've and seen you a picture guys, of the guy, and, he is uh, yeah. he he has and, some severe problems. You can see it just just yeah from just from the facial. I said I'm not participating, and yeah. I'm not getting on the radio for five minutes with you people. And uh, I said, let well enough alone. Well, then. I didn't go on there, and then they called, and then they called back, and I said, you know, you, they sent a guy down there, uh, this uh, man cow. To come talk to you Yeah, person? with his kid, and he said, we came in there, and you were, I didn't happen to be there. I would have broken every window of his car out, and he goes, <laughs> uh, he said, I said, you sorry son of a bitch. I said, man cow, or whoever you're making half a million a year doing this shit. But I said, you're, you are nothing. I said, Imus has got quality in his, you know, I like Don Imus. You're, you know. pro, you're an Imus yeah, guy. Yeah. And I said, here you are sending this guy, send him back. And I'll tell you, I'll show you what the hell that chicken fucker is all about. I said, <laughs> you tell him to come in. You better tell him that you put a football helmet on that kid. Cause if that kid does anything, I'm going to, you know, deal with him too because <laughs> he's trespassing and so the guy never did come back i was hoping but, it well, got no, but him. Th this started prank phone calls oh. for because i remember coming uh i mean this is maybe even eight years ago i would come there and i would watch the motel briefly and i would oh. get these guys calling oh. and the thing is they like to dish it out but as soon as you start really laying into them i had a couple guys call and say they're mm -hmm. They were on their way over to come fight me. Yeah, and I yeah. said, yeah, come on over. I mean, you know the address. Was that the most, uh, the, the, the biggest story that got out of the motel in terms of publicity? You know, probably because once it, it got on the internet and kids go to spring break and um, they uh, pass that around, you know, thousands of million kids in Franklin, Tennessee. Is outside Nashville. Oh yeah, a lot yes. high yeah, upscale, yeah. and it came out of there. A yeah. lot of them, and you you started tracing these calls. Yeah, well, back. what I did, I got a trade. If they said we're going to rape you, we're going to do this, we're going to kill you, they that's a, they should arrest them. Well, you well, started calling them back. Yeah. Well, what happened? I got the numbers. 
Is this before caller ID too? So you no, no, this no, is, no. Uh, this is two early two thousand. Complaint. Got it. If you're someone's threatening you, got it. They will trace them. Well, uh, they did it so often. They said they aren't going to trace anymore. Plus, the police got it, not me. They gave it to me. Then I called, and back, and there was a policeman in Franklin who. They told me the crime came out of Franklin, Tennessee, and that's where the action should be. Then I called there, and a detective there says something. It's in Valparaiso. So then I waited a a while and called back till the guy went home. He had a listed number. I called this Franklin, Tennessee policeman. I said, hey, we didn't finish our conversation. You're saying this. They're saying that. Who's right and wrong? What's going on? And you aren't going to do a damn thing about it? Well, I'll just keep calling and see if you change your mind. Within 10 minutes, Valparaiso City Police showed up. At the motel. Yeah. And I said, what's this about? What are you calling that policeman in Franklin, Tennessee? I said, wait a minute he said the crime was here you said it was there i didn't threaten him no profanity i just called him at home because he got off duty (laughs) i said why don't you arrest me you goddamn bastards i said i dare you you are who's the idiot he or you telling me two inconsistent things and you're gonna arrest me i didn't threaten him I've had death threats, my wife, my family, and you haven't done a goddamn thing about it. And they said, well, you can free speech, say anything. I said, if I walk up to you and your wife sitting in a restaurant and say, hey, baby, why don't you latch on to this and see how you like it? Or I'm going to cut your goddamn tits off. (laughs) You aren't going to know. You're going to do so. Yeah. Wouldn't go over that well. Yeah. I've tried it. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't go over that well. Well, they didn't do it. It's not the best pickup line out there. No, but top five. But Then they'd say, call the, well, one time a guy, a, dep, a deputy, Porter County, I'd call, I'd call the number and then get the a parents or somebody or some kid and I'd say, hey, look, you goddamn, uh, uh, you know, a, a parent of a pedophile. What are you teaching? I said, you and your husband go out and screw your dogs or something. You know, like that. What are you talking about? My kid's only ten. <laughs> this is I one said, of well, the callers. Oh, yeah, you I probably called, called twenty. Yeah, okay. And and then uh, next thing I know, I'd call back. She, I had to stay at the motel. And I was up all night anyway. So, so you had some time. Yeah, time. Time to kill. And then I'd wait till <laughs> two in the morning and call him. And then a guy calls. I'm Sergeant So and So, Porter County Police. I said, oh, you're in the ring, too, you son of a bitch. Now you're impersonating a... Why well, didn't know him, but I knew. Yeah. Was, I said, do you know uh, Sergeant so-and-so from... No. I said, well, then you're a lying bastard because he's... Porter County, small, half a mile away is a, a city yeah. police. You don't know this guy? You're a lying, no-good, pedophile bastard. And just piled on him. I said, you sorry, son of a bitch. You, and I went on and on. Well, he couldn't have gotten me because, you know, I, he said that on the phone. And uh, so I, I heard nothing. But then I called and, uh, one time, and a guy said uh, so-and-so. And I said, well... Someone, well, kids use my phone all the time, and he, I, I, I called and said something, and guy said, well, I'm going to tell you something. You're talking to an FBI agent. 
And I said, well, I got the numbers and the facts right here, but I'm not going to threaten you or I'm not going to do this to you because I said, if I lie to you just about something and it's disputed, I can get 10 years in prison. So, But I'm telling you, your kid or this telephone number, if you're an FBI agent, has been used to make threatening goddamn calls. And like J. Edgar Hoover, I said, may not like to hear that one of his agents, kids, 10 or 15 or 20, or neighbors are using an agent's phone. And now you're throwing in your badge. But I said, I'm going to let it go at that. But I said, don't think you're, you know, have got me because if you're in more trouble than I am and things like that, then I called, then they started calling the police department and then they would. <laughs> so, 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 this is, so the people that started out is they just the, wanted to prank you. Now you are laying it on so thick that they're calling the cops on in you. a completely yeah. different state to yeah. have them come crack down on you. Yeah. And then you saw the offenders always become the offended and that, you know, so the police wouldn't give me any more numbers. So then you got they, cut off. Yeah. It, from, se- it seems like a theme here is you don't like being cornered and you don't really love authority at times. Well, who does? <laughs> I'm a mild anarchist, you know? <laughs> So you, I mean, it's yeah, oxy, you, well, it's an oxymoron. You, you had guys, a lot of run-ins with the police in Valparaiso. You, you were a known man because a lot of times they would try to t- either take advantage of you or not investigate things. They, they had a bit of a lazy work ethic around that area. They tried to get a free motel room to shack up in. They tried to get f- rooms when I was full at the Holiday Inn. Do you have specific they, names that you want to call uh, out? Well, Marv Reed. <laughs> oh, Marv, Marv was chief of police. And uh, what's his name from the State Board of Accounts? Um, Henry, Byron Henry. I went down to see him. He was a fifth in command, was auditing the police department, said, I got him by the short hair. So I went up <laughs> and talked to Byron. We're laughing, doing this. He turned them in for spending money for coffee, this, that, and the other thing. And they'd come looking and see By- Byron Henry, which I knew from Holiday Inn, was a good friend, and continued. You know, Byron, he yeah. stayed in 39, would come. And w- so he... Uh, we got back, but Marv Reed was a chief of police, and he said he cleans up as a janitor. As chief, he cannot do it. He's 24 hours, so he's double dipping. Fired him on that. I don't know if Marv, you know, attributed it to me, but Marv Reed, if you look up some of your deal, Billy Dauber, his wife wanted. Um, shoes from a co-defendant from uh, a murder that took place and I knew the guy towed in the car Shep and they killed Roger Crouch. Shep ended up uh, he, he towed in a car and Shep where, also went to prison for, oh yeah he for murder. killing the guy and died there uh, Shep 450 pounds anyway good friend well anyway anyway <laughs> Billy Dauber uh, Marincheck and another guy were arrested in, um, and one of them was at the Holiday Inn. A, a couple others were around. Billy Dauber married a girl that worked at Bridgeview Theater and lived in Valpo off and on. Look, look up Billy Dauber on the internet. William Dauber, 
killed 30 some people <laughs> a chop shop baby face guy glasses worked for chop shops which were big in the 70s 60s and 70s well coming out of a federal they uh hearing well he was tried in knox indiana down about 25 miles and I get a call from the prosecutor at the Holiday Inn and said, well, well, can a jet of this size land at the Valpo Airport? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know why you're asking me. Yeah, why would they call the Holiday Inn? I don't know. But he <laughs> says, well, I got called by Gerald Alch, F. Lee Bailey. You know, he was a yeah. big pilot. Gerald Alch was F. Lee Bailey's partner. Okay. He represented Billy Dauber. F. Lee Bailey. Uh, he has filed bankruptcy with, yeah. today. So he was on involved a deal. with OJ, right? Yeah. yeah. He also was a Harvard, uh, he's a Harvard Law School professor. Well, yeah, I and believe, a pilot too. and everything. Big time. He's 83 or 45. But Dauber's wife was calling me wanting a pair of shoes that were supposedly left at the Holiday Inn. And that's the only contact I've had of her and Billy Dauber. Well, I, I didn't know, but so he, uh, another lawyer, obviously, if, if that prosecutor is getting jet landing practices, or, you know, or uh, parameters for F. Lee Bailey's, uh, or the uh, Dauber's lawyer yeah. coming from Boston, flying his jet in. But anyway, they only got eight years which did four. Eight years? Yeah. For killing 30 people? No, no, no. He'd killed... No, he hadn't been prosecuted for them. This was one guy, Roger, a used car dealer. One guy. And everyone testified against everyone else. The three guys said he did it. Another guy, he did it. So anyway, Dauber got out. And then I had Ralph Levi, you know, sorry, bastard. I had two Mexicans... Working for me, fake IDs. They worked five dollars an hour, or and uh, sixteen hours a day, seven days a week. Jesus we gave them Christ! Food. No, that's that was good in money, the seventies. But that's five dollars yeah. an hour back that's then. That's huge money. And they kept it. We let, gave him a place to stay. Yeah, that's huge. And then, so Ralph Levi. What was the minimum wage back then? Dollar sixty-five or some shit. shit. You know. Well, well, anyway, they were good workers. They were, and we owed though. The point was, even though they were illegal, they were working that many hours for two or three years or several years. Anyway, we owed them overtime. They could draw overtime. We owed them twenty, twenty-three, or four thousand, but they didn't <laughs> claim it. I bought a shotgun or two or a rifle for Fidel, who stayed as a bartender in Chicago, and I trusted him, you know, and I bought it for him. He wasn't giving it to gangs. And then uh, the guy I had, I tried to get him. Where's your old Ralph? Had him, uh, he, a bartender wouldn't go out with him. It was married, this Levi, a lieutenant. And he, then he came in, sat at the bar for a month, and I'm thinking, I see that son of a bitch in there. And the maid's husband said, who in the hell did you think he was investigating? So Billy Daubers, Jimmy Vault, was a partner, one of the few that were alive. And Steve Vault, I knew. In fact, a bartender said she got raped by him because he was a friend of mine and was afraid to tell him no. And I said, don't ever. Her boyfriend was a sheriff, deputy sheriff. said, don't ever lay that at my doorstep Jesus. you know that your girlfriend was raped by him because she didn't want to tell him no because he was a friend of mine well he was a pretty rough customer but his dad was 
a, a, a deal, a, a colleague of Dauber's and a syndicate guy and came in and knew a bartender of mine. Was Dauber and, a mafia Oh, yeah. He mafia worked guy? for the mafia. Got it. And the okay. mafia. So he's a hitman. I've got newspaper, a hitman for him. him. Then they were afraid he was turning state's evidence. He was coming out of a courthouse or hearing. And uh, they figured he didn't have a gun on him. And he was with Charlotte, his wife, that was a waitress at ours at Bridgeview Theater, and a a gal from uh, Valparaiso. So he is pulling out out of uh, Chicago Heights and south into farm country in Illinois. And somebody pulls up alongside him. He had a a Cadillac and a van, and they shot him. And he went off the road, went out into a field. I mean, this... I've, uh, I've got articles from the Chicago Tribune and showed the uh, uh, unsolved syndicate hits. And then they went out there. He's laying in his deal, and they blasted him in the head with a shotgun, both he and uh, Charlotte, his wife, wow. and never did solve it. But anyway, Jimmy Vault was – I had in the bar – bunch of chop shop guys that came in there and i lent 1800 to vicky crawford a bartender to buy a, a starfire or starbird or a some some type of car and it was six grand and it wasn't a case where they sold it to her so cheaply but it had been put together by three other cars in the frame and everything they identified certain items from stolen cars but the other part didn't jibe and that was before they had numbers well they had ground off uh, all, all the, numbers all num- and i hired bill lexi he's a judge now handling some shit and uh and uh also then he was state senator and an attorney and i said vicky i'll pay one day my bartender has been arrested and uh, for buying a stolen car so I go into court, and they said, well, we haven't really proven that car was stolen. We need another two weeks, but we found two pounds of marijuana in the trunk of my bartender. Well, they said, if, if you don't sue us, we'll let you go on that and forget the two pounds. She said it was planted. Bill Alexa, now a judge of 15, 20 years, said he thought at the time they planted it, and I think they did. And... Ralph Levi tells me that uh, Lieutenant, he ran for sheriff after that. You tell Jimmy Vault that he had cancer and he killed himself, and then head of the state police, a low with Tom Fraley, which was a quarter, 250 men were there in northwest Indiana. He was a head guy. He was his best friend and was there, and I've been. Well, and anyway, they said this uh, Jimmy Vault was an informant, but he was a personal friend. Anyway. He uh, was in there talking to Fraley a lot. And uh, Shep, the guy that killed a guy, uh, wanted to uh, me to get the police records and this, that, and the other thing. Well, I'm talking incoherently now. But, but anyway, he goes, um, you tell Jimmy I'll be there on his deathbed when he's dying of cancer, Ralph Levi, who tried to get him arrested and didn't succeed. And so I tell Jimmy, I said, hey, Ralph uh, says he's going to be in your deathbed to get you a confession 
about this stolen car he's still harping on and this, that, and the other thing. And he said, you tell that no good son of a bitch. If is he at my deathbed, there's going to be a double funeral, and his is going to be the second one. Jeez. So I thought maybe he'd try such a cheap shot son of a bitch. I said, hey, Ralph. He said he wants you at his deathbed. And he said, why is that? He said, because he's going to fucking kill you. <laughs> this is a police officer. Yeah. A high up police officer. Well, he was a lieutenant on the Porter County Sheriff. How did, how did then he... he ran for... Uh, uh, sheriff a couple of times he didn't I thought he'd say a death threat I was conveying but of all you can't th- arrest the messenger yeah it's the old saying so, and so uh, he did kill himself and I bought or uh, paid 300 bucks for uh, Steve Vault did you ever see a diamond ring yeah I said that's not real it's too big he, he needed 300 his kid Jimmy Vault's ring that it was a guy killed himself and that was Dauber and then he said, Jesus, it is real. But it had such a flaw in it that diminished. But there were three other diamonds, and that's why I had 300. He said, well, it's well worth more than that. But, but anyway, we had some guys in there from Iowa, knowing Chop Shop. But Chop Shop, stolen cars in the 60s and 70s in northwest Indiana, and uh, the no, syndicate. You, yeah, you would think, though, that... So Valparaiso, it seems like a fairly innocent area, but Bucolic. as many times as uh, you've had problems uh, with guns around there. Well, you once got shot at in Chicago. Well, <laughs> yeah. When you were driving down the highway. Well... In the Porsche. Yeah, I had a Porsche with a Targa. And a south side of Chicago, one, two in the morning. And hell, it was a rap station on top of porches and crap and on South Michigan. And it, lucky it didn't hit us because we had the top down, your mother and I. And I was so pissed. I went, a, drove around the corner. And there were probably 200 black guys around singing and shit and i said i'm going back around and call these son of a bitches out i was so mad well i got about halfway around and i took off back towards indiana this is I after said, they shot at you yeah you thought so you're said, like I, i'm gonna go back and give them yeah, a piece of my mind yeah and it took me halfway around this block you said hey maybe that's not yeah, the best yeah. idea i'm nope. thinking wait a minute <laughs> They just shot at me. If I go there and call them every kinds of whatever, then yeah, they might not miss this time. Yeah, Did yeah, they, shoot they, me. Well, I'd be shot in your mother. So, but now you've dodged. Now it seems like you've dodged death a number of times. One wow. time you're driving in Chicago with uh, with Alexander, oh, and uh, a guy comes the wrong way down the ramp. You were on the news now, and you had your camel skin coat stolen. You know. You had, a cam- you had a camel skin coat. Well, That's what I take away from that story. He's a fashionista. Yeah, I it did. sounds One nice. Time, it sounds nice. I got some uh, Ryan. It may fit you. I got a what do they call it? A cashmere overcoat. I had you know spatial made. But anyway, we, Elke said, and my mother said she had a premonition, and your mother said, "I don't want you to." I took. Chad, I think, to the airport or something. And Alexander. Chad's our other brother. And I, it was laying on the passenger side. And I How old was in. he? 
three, maybe four. So he's sleeping on the front seat, seat. passenger seat, in a big old Impala station wagon. Right. It only had less than 5,000, and a, a friend of mine, Steve Powell, sold it to me, and I got, I had 200, 500 deductible, and I got within 250 of what I'd paid for it, but it was less than a year old, but it totaled it. So but, a guy comes down, you're going down the highway, what, I-94? Heading out of Chicago, three or four lanes, and the Chicago Skyway comes in to, uh, oh no, we were getting off on the ramp heading east on the Chicago Skyway. There were other lanes, the Chicago Skyway, three or four lanes in each direction, if not yeah. more, goes a different direction. So what the guy did, got on the Chicago Skyway, coming the wrong way, came off the ramp into three or four lanes, and some went to the right into the Skyway, and others went south out of Chicago. And it was major thoroughfare-type deal. Yeah. You know, it was like the interstate. And I... Was he drunk? No. Well, no, I was... was powered by God. I, I just looked down or looked or something. I looked up and see a guy coming straight at me. I saw the guy in front of me. And I'm going probably 65, 70 miles an hour, and I turn as, as sharply as I can to the left in the middle lane. And his right front hit our my right front and brought the car around. There was a cop in the lane to the left of me, then hit me and Alexander, totaled our car. Alexander's laying down with a little He rolled down to the floor. The floor. <laughs> and right, I don't have a wedding ring because that knuckle is, is got not, enlarged hit. And he killed multiple people. And you were the first. Five, six cars. Uh, killed a lady, crippled a person, and he survived it and was... Uh, then we get he survived they cops put him in they stopped the dan ryan you know yeah. helicopters coming down it was on the news and guys sold the car he said oh man we saw a bob genda car but anyway <laughs> they take him put him in the car he gets out and we're in the middle of like a freeway out here and uh i said hey the son of a bitch is walking away <laughs> well the chicago cops get him Jesus and he's telling Christ. me don't worry about it god Take care Wait, of this it. guy came up to you and was well, telling you. I saw him getting out. I mean, it was standing right there from the police car. You know, our car and Alexander it wasn't hurt that bad. But anyway, he said, don't worry about it. God told me to do it or this, that. And I tell the cops, I said, the son of a bitch is walking away. Well, they went and got him and they <laughs> took him and. One guy put his nose on the seat, and the other one just kicked the crap and shoved him <laughs> damn near out the other, you know, because, yeah. and he's saying, don't worry about it. And then Hartford, he had 30000 worth of insurance. Hartford sued everybody involved. My, you know, we got the car. I, who paid for it? I don't think the insurance company put it for But anyway, I got the car. Is that how you got the Porsche? No, no, I had to buy another station wagon. Oh, okay. But anyway, he goes, um, um, that, okay, a anyway, we got, um, as you can tell, this is a progressive senility, I think, is hitting here. But um, <laughs> yeah, back in uh, 
the 60s when I was selling King Louis Thirteenth for $12 a shot and had every type of liquor in my bar. $200 now. Yeah. Well, $300. I just checked Santa Monica's $300 for a King Louis. A you shot. have a couple bottles it's of it three, laying around. It's twenty eight hundred at John's. What is, I don't even know what it is. What is King? It's Louis? Ramey Martin King Louis the Thirteenth brandy. The smoothest thing you'll ever drink. It's uh, you can go to John's and it's but it, it's not the baccarat that I have in a sealed deal. Got it. And there is a newer bottle. But anyway, we this cop then that hit me. I was sitting in a, a, the hospital with Alexander, and. He's saying, I hit him, and he's going to take action against me and do this. And this guy, a major of the police department, comes up, and this guy's sitting there at Bernard Mitchell Hospital, and we're sitting there waiting, and he's going to go in. His knees are all screwed up, he says. And the cop, the guy said, how come you left that scene? And he said, well, you can't investigate an accident you're involved in. And he said, what the hell's wrong with you? And he said, oh, my knees. He said, look, God damn it. You get the hell out of here and you get back to that scene right now. And this is remind me of the Army, a major in Chicago, Southside Police Department. And that guy left and he never asked me, you know, got my name because he was going to sue me. And then the lawyer, Hartford, sues everybody. I said, what the hell? Well, they didn't want they, their limits or their liability were exposed. They gave 30000 to a judge. And then I write a lawyer that represented some people, just a piece of paper. I wrote on the side, I wrote on the back, and wrote <laughs> here, just handwritten. And I said, here, my son got 1,500 of the 30. And I Jesus go to Chicago Christ. and this Southside lawyer says, he's sorry, sons of bitches don't deserve anything. Ladies dead, crippled, cars and I said, you're taking 30% of everybody's. What the hell do you give a goddamn? Just give us our money. We got 15. I think we ended up with 11 or 12. And, uh, you know, he said, you weren't even hurt. And here's a lawyer. Can you imagine us. that nowadays? I mean, you <laughs> you well, got a three-year-old that, that rolled down to the floor. Except he didn't have any money. The guy, the guy. Yeah, was crazy. Yeah. He didn't try to hit his brakes. He committed suicide before anything would have happened the guy was off his rocker but the the insurance company is all he had if he'd had three or four hundred thousand or something but yeah but uh anyway well let's talk okay uh, go ahead i'm sorry I, could i the, go could ahead I, I bring up a topic yeah. yeah i was gonna bring up the i, I want to bring up the falcon yeah that's what we were okay. just gonna talk yeah if, I, if we don't bring it up we will falcon uh, what's well you had you a falcon you're you love birds is that not correct? right where, where did your love of birds start where? Yeah, like where, where, where you were you a kid when you liked them, or you just all? Well, you used to be a monkey man. No, you, I thought you at one point wanted a monkey. Well, well, we did Rensselaer over knot holes and trees. We'd put a fish net and catch a blue or a starling coming out. As a kid, you'd do that. Yeah, then we'd delay a M eighty or a cherry bomb. <laughs> take all of. Do you ever do that? Take all the powder out of a. Huh? I'm uh, I'm very risk averse. I think Ryan would be more and the guy to do it. It burned very slowly. We tied it to the damn bird's leg, <laughs> let it um, uh, take off, and it get up pretty high after a minute, and it blow the heck out of it. 
And so that's what my love of birds. <laughs> oh, that's a strange, strange place to start a love of birds. Oh, we're getting a. Oh, we have a no, book here. That. We're getting a magazine out. This is the. Uh, this is the Northwoods Limited, North America's finest falconry outfitter. I'm still gonna take that test. I'm gonna have to go you in and take the test. Read. You still yeah, want to become a, a falcon? You I've got to, to no. A falconer's license is the most regulated. Overregulated. So you still want to become an official official falconer? It costs a hundred. I've got the form. I'm going to take it. I've read the book, most of it. I don't know if I could pass it, but I could take it again if I didn't. But then you become an apprentice. Then you go two years as an apprentice, three years as a, a regular guy, and then two. It takes you seven years. To like, become a full-fledged where you can go out and own and take. It's like going to med school. Yeah. Well, you have to wait. So, and you got to get a guy that is a full-fledged falconer to, as an apprentice. So you have to basically you know, be, you have to be sponsored. Yeah. You got to get a sponsor. Here's a book right here. I'm looking in this magazine that you gave me. It's uh, Braiding Fine Leather by David W. Morgan. If you want to try your hand at braiding falconry equipment. <laughs> it's a book you can buy. Or you can buy Duck Hawking, The Art of Falconry by uh, Joe Roy III. <laughs> this is basically, is this all just books, this, this magazine? No, no, no. Look in there. You can buy falcons. You can buy. Oh, you, you can, can buy, buy falcons. falcons. Oh, here's, oh, here's small game scissors. Wait, you can buy falcons yeah, in look there? In, yeah, hold on. Who's, yeah. who's selling falcons? What are these? Equator reinforced leg and tail bells? Yeah, but look. Okay, look back in the back here. This you'll leather leashes. Is beautiful. Oh, you can buy a hunting oh, red-tailed hawk. Oh, but uh, oh, uh, already can, trained uh, and everything. Here's mice you can buy to feed them. No, but and then here you can. Uh, this is beautiful. Uh, yeah, but uh, you can. Uh, oh, they've got they got prices in there now. A peregrine's a little bit more expensive. Oh, here we go. Than, How much is a peregrine falcon? Well, does it show? There's got to be a. That give it's got to be price? a pricey. That's uh, this is for I think to get the magazine. <laughs> how, how much is the magazine if you're a U- u.s resident one year 32 dollars okay but bad. no they're like a thousand they're all uh, um, where, let me see I but you can also place. catch them on your own i'd caught a couple yeah all right I'd let one go. <laughs> one, uh, where, where did he go? So, ladies and gentlemen, he's just stepped out, probably used the restroom. Uh, what you're hearing, uh, some of this is riveting. <laughs> I hope that you have one of those uh, police detective boards where you're putting people's names on it, <laughs> and like, you're drawing uh, strings that are attaching the, the it's pieces. It's almost like verbal kints. Uh, What's the connection? In, uh, the usual suspects? Yeah, you don't know where it's <laughs> there, there are some uh, there are some riveting gems in there. You though. can buy a hunting red-tailed hawk T-shirt. How much is the T-shirt? By Hans Peters. Uh, looks like uh, there's no prices. It just says medium to TS. What does that mean? Too small? Or TS? Like medium to small? Maybe titty small. T- titties are small. Titties are small. Uh, you see the prices? Huh? And I haven't I found them yet. Uh, so so you. You, you can buy had kites, uh, you, so, a life-size bald eagle kite. So you allegedly sixty-two dollars. You allegedly uh, caught a couple of falcons. Alleged. Right. Okay. 
So uh, one of them was a baby, allegedly. Well, no, it had a broken wing. And the problem there was I didn't realize that Kestrel and McAfee didn't have a license either, I don't think, to treat it. Maybe he did, but gave it back to me. And I had to Kestrel, and I was letting it fly in the motel in the back. And I did come for food, and I was just getting ready to let it go to come back to me outside. And a Kestrel's a small yeah. falcon, chicken hawk, they call Anyway, I gave it an extreme amount of pork. An extreme and, amount? Like it, like it well, didn't want to eat anymore? No, no, no. So it just, just kept coming. coming okay. And I gave it. I just okay. gave it a couple. Well, what happens? You give a, a hawk... Uh, pork beef or anything like that it can't tolerate it it has to be a mouse it has to be uh, a bird or a quail or something so it it sat on the bottom and eventually died after a day or two but and then and you had had him for a while well, i had him i didn't realize it and he used to fly around the motel yeah he was he was free to go well, as no, he, as wasn't he outside. not outside. He was inside. But, he, in the, but and, he he had the free reign of the mo- interior. And he of the motel. would fly to my hand. Was which this is a full what, grown bird of yeah, prey? Yeah, it been it had a started wing out broken. as a small. Well, no, uh, it was a broken wing. But what was the wingspan on this thing? A kestrel. There's a picture written in there of a kestrel. It's small. It probably was about two feet. I'm terrified of birds, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. By the way, uh, an Olympic full cuff gauntlet uh, falconer's gloves, one hundred and twelve dollars. What, what were you using? Old welding glove? Glove? Well, I just yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> welding glove. Right. Make do with what you got. Yeah. So then, okay. So then, well, uh, did, you, I, did you name that one? Did it have a name or no? <laughs> do you name a bird? I'm, I'm not a bird man. Do you name a falcon? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's deathbed. Uh, said dead, dead ass bird or something. Uh, so then, but then you had another oh, falcon. Well, yeah, that was a bad deal. I caught it in a trap. I've and it was a trap of fishing you see those line. Trap, well, yeah. well, anyway, I kept it too long. In a this is all thing allegedly. That, yeah. Yeah. But uh, red tail hawks flying around, and I, I've got something I think I could catch them with, which I've caught before uh a, a, a falcon but i i want to do it legitimately get a falcon and train it and get a license can you get a license in california yeah it's, okay. it's a federal license okay administered by the states it's the same one did you ever own any hats coats or chaps because that's on page no. 54 if you need any i, I gotta get the bird <laughs> and the license but i saw there's one flying around here that you say when i get my license well, I want this thing I, to come in here. I, I, I've got to set it up on the mountain on the side. I haven't seen them in the last three a month, but I, I'd never have a mouse or a, a rat to put in there. But listen, on that, the people I dealt with, you know, from Cheech and Chong and Tommy Chong paid his own bills. You're talking about the Bridgeview Theater. Yeah, and he had cottage (laughs) cheese on the top of his eggs and his bacon and that. And uh, Victor Borga, Mickey Rooney uh, told his uh, uh, band, which was put together for a tour of 29 guys, to go eat on him. But he had a manager sign him in, and therefore – his wife called, said she'd sue me if I kept 
dunning him for it because the waitress made a mistake and he never signed and the only legal approach i could has if if he had signed his card and i you know his registration card and he yeah. hadn't and then phyllis diller told me i made. so you the, have a beef with uh, oh, mickey rooney uh, he, but he did it and uh i think i think mickey I, rooney was an iconic actor oh, of the 50s oh yeah and uh yeah and so and you uh, he owes you money Oh, eight, nine hundred bucks. His wife said, if you've done us, we're going to sue you. But uh, he he's dead, maybe now. But then uh, he is dead. He is dead. Yeah, he died. He died. I don't know if you're going to get that money back. Well, I called every number I had that he called. Plus the agent said, hey, he does that every place. Those guys eat free. And, and oh, Tony man. Bennett supposedly is one of the worst. He's still around with Lady yeah. Gaga now. But he goes in and then, uh, you know, stories like um, Gerald Kaufman said that was our partner. Did you ever meet him? Yeah. So one of the worst things I've seen. Well, I, I won't even say it, but, but anyway. Wait, what? He, <laughs> what? One of the worst things he's seen. By the way, I found the birds. If you want oh. a very aggressive. Very aggressive. Gear Barbary. Uh, you can go to Falcons West, talk to Georgine Eastman in Spokane, Washington. It, a very aggressive. It says very aggressive. Is well, that a good thing? Is that, is that a selling point? They want one aggressive. This says go. very aggressive gear Barbary Falcon. Wow. Okay. How much is it? There's no prices on we here. Should call there right are now. some in there. I'm not seeing any so far. Here's Upland Farms. You can get a pure Rocky Mountain, a Barbary Falcon. Uh, it you can get a parrot. Looks like from uh, one of these places. <laughs> They're selling parrots on the side you can over here. Get here. an Idaho short wing. It doesn't give some of them give prices. I know. Let's, I thought. Uh, nope. Looking, not seeing any yet. Well, but uh, they. He told the story that Jeff Fort is. Who's that? Uh, he was a leader of the. Uh, um, Black Keystone Rangers. The Black Keystone Rangers. Or the Peastone Rangers. Peastone Rangers. Yeah. Is that South a side gang? of Chicago. Okay. Is that a gang? Oh, six, seven, eight thousand. And the government had them administer government programs. And Jeff Fort, Dominique, the uh, plastic surgeon that did work on her, said he was a guard in Illinois and the smartest man he had ever seen was jeff fort who he's locked up for life for murder but jeff fort was head of a six maybe ten thousand south side gang the u.s government gave him certain administrative duties to to, uh give uh, not the el rukans you ever hear of them or that was another but anyway so he i'm not familiar with the el rukans resume sammy davis who was in partnership with him and uh, I mean, or not Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. And he, the only money he ever got was what Kaufman and the partnership at Mill Run. Okay. Or, or yeah, whatever. okay. I know where he's it, going with And yeah. he said that Jeff Fort and some other gang members came in to his office and Sammy Davis was appearing at the, um, well of the not well of the sea but uh college in or whatever and told sammy davis you've got it made 
your brothers down here need the money. We need 25 grand and we want you to give us the 25,000. And Kaufman's sitting there and he knew the financial status of Sammy Davis. He didn't have any money. Yeah, he was broke. So anyway, Kaufman said they didn't tell say directly that if you don't do it, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. But Fort, again, you know, being recognized as one of the toughest, probably better than Donald Trump at negotiating, Sammy Davis, he said, had no choice but to give him the 25000 And Kaufman then wrote the check because he had it coming at the direction of Sammy Davis. He said it wasn't a day or two that his manager, wherever he was located, called and said, look, we have to have that twenty five grand because people are uh, he owes money uh, and they're hounding us for it. Kaufman said he doesn't have it. He already gave it away, and he said, "What the hell are you talking about?" He couldn't afford. He said, "Well, he had no choice." You know, so he gave it they, to the gang well, members, even to. though he was Kaufman deeply said he in had debt. No, yeah, well, he said the guy said, "You better give it to us." They didn't care whether he had any yeah uh, uh, financial problems, and. uh so, but anyway, uh, we, uh, let's see, from Victor Borga on down, Phyllis Diller said, Phyllis Diller, you had fire. a legendary comedian, oh, Phyllis Diller, Jesus. you had a problem with her. By the way, quick update, I found prices. How, How much? much? Uh, is it an Adam Peregrine? Is that the right? Adam, I guess. It's a hybrid it, prior. It's so. a Falcon. It'll go for, uh, it'll set you back 1500 That's not bad. Appeals Peregrine. A Falcon will set you back two Gs. Ooh. Peregrine. That's a... Peregrine, I apologize. What's tier cell? What does that mean? Tier cell is, um, may, um, Jesus, male, I think. Because, uh, tier cell for the first one, 750 for the second one, 1000 So it's a little cheaper. If you if you want to save some yeah, money. if you're looking for the <laughs> if you're just starting out in your falconry <laughs> career, so, that's you don't have I a lot of money. One time I knew, but uh, I, I don't. Is that how current is this magazine? That's not. That's probably six eight years old. Okay, okay, so, but maybe but, they've gone up a little bit, but not yeah. much. Yeah, so we're, we're well, giving people an idea. <laughs> Ten, but uh, anyway, we had Phyllis Diller said you made it. Is long story, but which anyway. She was bitching because she didn't have a, a suite that she had had, which we called the actor suite, because we had leased the theater out. He included the rooms. She always paid her own. He had no right. He didn't have any authority. Uh, uh, he was a crooked son of a bitch. Uh, I forget his name uh, now. He stole 35 Can we get a first and last pay, name on this? Uh, um, <laughs> Is Paul, he still alive? Paul Ruskin. Paul Ruskin. Anyway. I had a neighbor in that last name, Ruskin. Could be the same guy, Fled. He goes, His name was Ed Ruskin, I believe. Uh, he gave her a free room. And I said, hey, he doesn't even have any business here. He doesn't have the authority. And so I put her in a regular motel room. He was hired her to go. She had a suite, two-room, leather, all this stuff. Uh, the two or three times she had been there before, maybe four times, five. And that was she, the one. That was the room that was on top of yeah. the uh, the building. Yeah, it had a little kitchen. Yeah, I remember we used to go in there. Yeah, and nice place. I put her in a room with a connecting door. She said, "I got a in my living room. I got a bed." And I said, well, I'll come out there and settle it. Uh, 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 told the girl, she said, you better call her. Now, generally, we didn't want to 
piss someone off where they wouldn't go on, you know. Yeah. But in this case, so what? You leased the theater out yeah. already. I mean, you didn't go on. She could say, well, if she had a movie or if she had this, she could get out of it. If she just didn't want to show, I don't feel good, and probably get out of it. But it wouldn't have made crap difference to us because we didn't have any financial uh, dealings at the time. Other than when he bounced a $6,000 check to Roger Williams, pretty renowned uh, Yeah, pianist. Roger Williams, yeah. yeah. He's probably long. He bounced it. They blackballed us uh, from uh, as, or from whatever the uh, uh, deal is, you know, that uh, yeah. people have. Then we said, well, we leased it out. But anyway, she says, you, you when I called her, do you know who I am? And I said, well, yeah. They said, Phyllis Diller, you've been here. I know who you are. And she said, well, I'm what you call a superstar. Do you have any idea what that means or who that is? <laughs> and I said, well, no. I think it's self-explanatory you know, or whatever, superstar. And she said, well, I'm going to tell you something. Unless the president of the United States. I said, it was a previous reservation. I can't help it. You were booked late, not by us. I can't help you. She said, and like I said, if it's the President of the United States, I'll defer. If it isn't, I'm getting that suite. Now, I didn't have anybody in it. You know, I just wasn't going to give it to her. You just, did you not like her or you just wanted to say, hey, I don't want you? Well, she was her. a uh, you didn't like dealing with her. Ward Donovan, drunken bastard, he fired a union musician, which he couldn't. On a backup plus, she did this shit. What is Phyllis Diller known for? Uh, I have no idea. Comedy, I, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. She was a comic. She showed up one time and only played the piano. No. Didn't oh, tell one okay. joke. Yeah, that's a problem. So you she, said, you she's just, a classic. She was a good. So you go, you know what? Screw you. You don't deserve I, this suite. And I think you were right. Well, what I hear this more evident. I said, hey, look, give me 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'll try to work it out. She said, 15 minutes. Hell, you got five minutes. She had an you, annoying voice, too. It was very, well, like, oh, yeah. very shrieky. And yeah, annoying. well, it, it, she like, says, you got five minutes. You made the mistake of your life, and you don't even <laughs> realize it. I almost said. She didn't know who she was talking yeah. to. The man of 50 lives. The Falcon. Do you know how many guns I've had pulled on me? You think yeah. this is going to scare me? Who's she going to? I'm yeah, the you, ultimate safe. But you and, and you uh, you co-owned the, yeah, the Holiday co- Inn? Yeah. I mean, what is it? What, yeah, this is not, no, this is a non-threat. Nobody. What, my father, you know, that, it, look, it's coughing and say crap. No one. I ran it. In fact, uh, 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 Roger Clauden, he wrote up a management agreement where I was managing partner and his wife was, I never met her. If she wanted to come down and come in my office, she had to get written notice. She had to do <laughs> this. She had to do that. And she had no right to look at this or that unless I, and he, well, he was our attorney, but I said, Hey, Gerald Kaufman, I didn't tell him to do that. And he she, said, well, I know the idiot did, but why would a guy be that offensive? You, you know, uh, so I was you had in, final say. I mean, you ran oh, this yeah. joint. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we went, would go there. I would have told her to go F herself. What, 
Who's she going to call? I mean, you cured Chubby Checker's uh, syphilis. I mean, you should be treated with gonorrhea. I apologize. That's but, what I was going to say. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we were young kids. We would be in the bar. Well, we were hanging out in the bar at the Holiday Inn bar all the time playing Pac-Man. They put the car and gear out in the parking lot. Really? Yeah. That didn't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some, we were waiting. Was, the, the keys were in the car? Yeah. We started rolling backwards. Toward, I, I did that in my driveway once with my sister. We uh, hit hit a tree in the neighbor's yard. How old were you? Uh, we were a little, little too young to be little driving. Too young. That's, uh, that's why they finally made it where you couldn't put it in drive without your foot on the brake. <laughs> you know, yeah, we. I had a pretty good little bar. I, I mean, I had from... Uh, Ralph Nader, the past mayor, Dan Wait, Quayle Ralph was, Nader was there. Yeah, no, he was just staying there. <laughs> Dan he was Quayle in the bar. Was out? He he rode two or three times plowing snow when he was a senator, and then Wait, uh, he rode with you while and, while I was plowing snow. While you were plow, plowing yeah. snow, oh, he was there. Uh, Quayle, Quayle, Indiana senator. It went on to be a vice vice president, president yeah. Dan Quayle. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, he uh, he was there probably half a dozen times over the years wow. we were there and he would plow snow with well you. no he didn't plow i drove <laughs> yeah but he would but plow he'd come snow. out there just and then uh i yeah quail we had uh orville redenbacher was there all the time the popcorn uh, yeah. king he lived in Popo. Yeah. he would st- he would come to holiday Inn. oh hell he lived did he always wear the yeah, suit he lived, Is, did he he lived wear the, three quarters of a mile down. Down. he's got an yeah. hour right a half a mile down the road. Didn't he wear a suit? Was that his thing back in the day? A bow tie? No. Yeah, yeah. he still did. Uh, yeah. His picture, but... Uh, the Popcorn uh, Festival of Valparaiso yeah. is wrapped Ra- um, around him. What's his name? Uh, Red Clover. Had the, he had a he had, uh, uh, leg gone. One leg. He drove a three-wheeler. He was a farmer, neighbor farmer. Lived to be in his 90s. And really? he... He, uh, he went to Purdue got, Agriculture School in the 1930s. Yeah, he got out in 31 horses with how you plowed. So you had to have horses, and they had wider rows to get the horses down. And he, t- he told me he was uh, the trustee of Washington Township, and he said, uh, who are we going to get for a commencement? It was what? Alexander had 20 in his graduating class. Yeah. He said, I'm going to call uh, uh, up uh, um, the longtime senator. Who's a senator from uh, Indiana? A uh, long time. Coates? No, 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 no. Before Coates. Uh, oh, he ran for president a couple times. Oh, Jesus. Who? I don't know. Uh, uh, um, he owned a farm and he, he was 25 years. I didn't vote for him last time. He was the senator <laughs> from Indiana. He calls him up. He came and spoke. And they said, how in the hell are you going to get him? Who in the hell is that guy? Come on. I have no idea. Your mother, I was with her, and she said, Dan Quayle shouldn't have been the guy you should have been. And he said, yeah, you're right. But your grandfather knew him. I have no idea. Oh, Jesus. And then uh, (laughs) Secretary of Agriculture, old Butts, was at the house. He told the joke. Uh, his name was Butts? Earl Butts was Earl Butts. dean of agriculture <laughs> at Purdue, and he was secretary of agriculture when he told her that they said it was a racist joke. But Red Clover was a friend of his, and, uh, oh, Jesus, come on. Uh, 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 he was 32-year uh, U.S. senator from Indiana. 
have, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Who he's, but, but, but anyway, Red Clover, when, <laughs> when uh, Redenbacher and Charlie Bowman, and it was called, uh, 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 Redenbacher Popcorn was called Red Bow for Redenbacher and Bowman. And he took them and drove them from when they were uh, extension agents from Purdue, and he knew them there, to go up to Young, George Young and Couts, and they went inside and they bought or came to a deal to where they bought, um, well, whatever that deal was out east of town there, you know. Uh, uh, Chester's? Chester's. Yeah. Okay. okay. He, and I said, Red, why didn't you go in and get in as a third on the deal? Well, he said, you know, I didn't think about it. I just sat in the truck. <laughs> and uh, I said, Red, so, come on. Hey, you could, so, could have been a multimillionaire yeah, by so that time. He, except they sold out. And uh, to uh, yeah, pretty they sold young. Out, yeah. And they couldn't market it. But, I but talked, they sold out for, for like I, four yeah, or five million dollars or something. Yeah. And then he became the face of it. Yeah. I talked to. Yeah. And then he and Gary is somebody. I talked to uh, the guy who drove the first glad glass jar of red bull to ohio uh Vern was his name it did, did, did some uh, custom applique uh, applic, uh did he feel like he was a piece of history no he was pissed because this is uh, the first ever glass jar of, just about of, of red bull what, of became, what became red and yeah. popcorn but in this guy's possession this is a deal they always had at bridgeview theater the popcorn festival Redenbacher would show up and they'd have the festivities and the next day they'd go to this popcorn festival downtown, mm-hmm. which was, and we were holding 20 rooms and it got to be two, three, four o'clock and I, I, I'm looking there and I said, hey, no one's checked in except the guy from Conagra, I think, who owns it. Yeah. And uh, I called and said, hey, wait a minute. You know, you're having your gala or gala over here, and you got 20. I'm holding 20 rooms. I could have rented them five times over, but it's getting late in the day. I don't know if I can get rid of them. What's going on? You have to need them because, you know, you always have had them. He said, you know, I don't know either. I'm the only one here. I don't know where everybody is. And he came from California, I think. And uh, he calls me back and says, hey, look, I'm sorry. I'll pay for those rooms. And I said, what do you mean you'll pay for them? You don't need them? He said, no. He said, here's what happened. We had a PR firm out of Chicago, and they had a young gal on her way down here stopped in the Merrillville Holiday Inn Complex. <laughs> Which is about 50, th- yeah, you know, 20 minutes down the highway. But it was a much bigger, you know, they had a 3,400, I don't know at the time. They, it was a, a big operation. And she thought that would be nice. So everybody's staying there. Oh. <laughs> I said, Did they have a meanwhile, pool? the town that it's actually being held in, the festival, and the uh, Holiday Inn was uh, and a, a quarter, half a mile away. I said, what's Redenbacher going to say to that? Instead of walking across and checking in his room that he's always had the last 10 years, he's got to get in a car and drive it back down to, <laughs> to Merrillville. I said, I don't, I don't believe this. 
He said, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'll pay for them. And I said, hell no, you're a lot bigger. I'll get rid. I got rid of all maybe except five. But I said, I'll tell you next year, God damn it. I'd like to say, go book down there then. Cause I don't really give a Royal rat's ass because <laughs> I'll be sold out anyway. From and the, I don't know if we make, you know. And so you told I, ConAgra to go fuck Well, you house. know what the guy said? He says, hey, I've, I know what you, this guy was a top guy, you know, for him. Yeah. And he goes, I'll tell you no, this. No, he didn't get the memo that the party had moved to another place. <laughs> he says, you know what? <laughs> Unless he just likes staying at your place. I said, I'll tell you what. I realize you did. He said, I'll say this. I hire PR people to go around and clean up messes I make. I sure as the hell don't hire them for me to go around after them and clean up their goddamn messes. And I said, I don't know, you're a big company. I'd hate to be that yeah. PR company in Chicago. Yeah. And attempting to maintain your business because I laid it on him and I said, I don't wouldn't hate to be that goddamn girl. How could she be in PR and be such an idiot? Didn't even cancel and didn't even tell you. He says, yeah, well, the story is yet to be told on that or something. And can you imagine? Well, they had had it over at Bridgeview, and they didn't stay there. I had a few empty rooms. But I can you imagine what he's going to say to that? Oh, uh, that's a and, huge, huge well, corporation. Yeah. You go in there. Did your Holiday Inn have a pool? Oh, had the best pool. Did it have a sauna? No. <laughs> no sauna. Oh, disappointing. But you know what? <laughs> We had a, a, a went down like this in about four or five feet by three or four feet and angled down in okay. a diving board. Yeah, oh. had a di I remember the diving board until it had to be taken off. Is this an outdoor pool or indoor? Outdoor. Oh, and nothing like a nice as a diving, kid. Nice we diving board. You can't. I think beat it was it. only eight feet. And yeah, but it was a big pool, and every summer we would go there. Or I mean, we were there yep. every day. We'd go in. We'd get our hamburgers. We'd go in the bar, <laughs> play the video games, hang out at the pool. It's quite a lifestyle. Well, if you dive in, you'd hit you, out about where that wall is, the slanted deal. You got you to well, you you jackknife you know it a bit. They then outlawed all diving boards. Didn't and I some said, guy get injured? No, but they're lucky. Yeah. Oh, some, guy, some guy fell off the wall. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He, there yeah. was a wall, a retaining wall at the probably twenty foot tall, at least, and straight down. And <laughs> yeah. Mike, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? He worked for Shep. Um, he was Irish. He committed suicide eventually. He thought it was just a backyard fence coming from Semenos, and he walked <laughs> off of West Street, went <laughs> over Lake. He Dunkers. just tossed his legs over? Yeah, and... <laughs> that must have been a hell of a surprise. Over 20 feet oh, down? It might, oh, it might have been higher than that. It, and uh, there was a panel truck. Was there a, a hill like that got you up to that? Well, side? yeah, no. it was built, yeah. It I mean, no, it, it, yeah, and then there was a retaining wall. No, no, see, I'm saying so you walk up the hill, and then you just climb over. Well, well you would walk down the up. street, yeah, and then got if it. you jumped over that fence... Uh, that was kind of where the hill. Yeah, that I'm they just had trying to picture into. how you would swing your legs up over, a, a, you know, and drop so down below. Well, it was just like a regular size fence. The road like to behind yard. it, in front of the house, was 20 feet higher. Yeah, and so the and then their backyard was literally a retaining wall going down to the straight parking down. Lot. How he he if he would have hit the side of that truck 
or his neck or he hit on his head. He broke his ankles or something, but he was getting around uh, pretty pretty well. Considering if you yeah. looked, you jumped off the motel's roof one time about hurt your ankles, yeah. right? And that was like eight ten feet, if that. You know, probably yeah. you go twenty foot up and you look down on the Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, oh, Mike. Uh, well, anyway, he was Irish. Now, now a lot but, of your friends uh, have uh, have maybe served some time in prison. <laughs> a good amount of them. Is that correct? <laughs> well, Shep died in prison. Well, you had another I've guy got... who stabbed a guy in the cheek at a restaurant with a butter knife. He did that or threw it. Uh, Shep, but Shep... Uh, I was just glad I wasn't with him when he found his uh, ex-wife's boyfriend, who's since died. Uh, he won. Well, he wanted me not to help kill him, but to do some things or <laughs> he something. You know. and, uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. I've had some people that are the local. Can't remember who. You know, I told you about a week when the five hundred was going on. Old John Wilson. Yeah. Which. He's old John uh, had the, uh, Mike uh, Tyson. See Mike Tyson's a lawyer, local lawyer, famous criminal defense attorney, as an, uh, an attorney and a good friend and anything. But oh, uh, Charles Charlie O. Finley Jr., seventy-two years old, he was sitting next to John at the five hundred, and uh, Charlie Finley. His old man won seventy four five the Oakland A's. He hated Reggie Jackson. He uh, Vita Blue, Raleigh Fingers were big name people that Bully Kuhn didn't like his dad in the seventies and wouldn't let him sell him for three or four million for the it would uh, be the detriment of baseball. He said so. Then they became free agents and they were of no value. Charlie Finley Senior out of Laporte. Came in, he hired a midget. One time he hired a donkey to be a, to go out there. He fired a guy for missing a, 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 a ball. He owned the organization. He owned it, the Oakland A's. And I knew Charlie from 62. This would have been 76 or 7, his son. And he came out of Gary, horseman that isn't there, and there, it became totally black, and some black high jumpers at Valpo moved Charlie Jr.'s uh, mark to take off a high jumping. I high jump. Oh, he got honked off. He didn't like Reggie Jackson because <laughs> probably they called him Mr. October. Yeah. He always came. You know that? He came through in October. Yeah. In For, but anyway, I was in Strongbow and I saw Charlie and your mother couldn't stand Strongbow him. used to be your a Strongbow famous restaurant. And I said, i place. A, they had a payphone. I said, I'm calling and say, Charlie Finley's got a call from Reggie Jackson. Call the desk. And your mother said, no. I said, I'm not even going to talk to him. I'm just going to slay If he heard that, this guy was, he claimed one time when I was talking to him at the bar, <laughs> and when I talked to him at the 500, I said, how's life, Charlie? And he said, fine, I'm going to live to be 100. I said, you sound like your old man and uh, from what you told me about him. And he said, uh, I said, well, 20 years ago, you had 17 Wendy's. 
I don't know how many you got now. You owned uh, Airwick. You owned Shakespeare. I said, why wouldn't life be good? And it was so loud, I couldn't say too much. And John Wilson said, well, he wouldn't give me my number. He said he wanted to ask me something. But oh, we were sitting there at the bar, and Charles Finley and a good-looking gal comes up, didn't push us over, and I never will forget. I can't remember jokes, and I heard thousands of them. But this gal said, can I get a drink? And Charlie Finley sitting to my right, and I'm sitting here, and she there was room there. And he looks at her and says, your breath smells like the sweat that rolled off the nap of my neck down between my shoulder blades through the small of my back, through the crack of my ass, over my asshole, across my taint, onto my balls, and dripped off of it. And I said, Charlie. What a pickup line. What the hell are you talking about? I and like I said, guy. her breath doesn't smell bad. What do you say? What What's going on? Why would maybe you say that to her? Maybe that his sweat was that, smelled that and good. I, he may have added a few. And he said, <laughs> and she looks at him and said, what the fuck is your problem, buddy? And you know what he said? What? Not bragging or anything. And then it was two or three, a year or two or three after the uh, uh, the World Series, and his name was pretty well known. And um, said, if your old man was Charlie Finley, you'd have serious problems also. <laughs> Which I think Christ. was the honest truth. <laughs> you know? So he he, he, he said, told her that. He, he said, didn't hey, know she a, was. He said, hey, I had, a, I had some problems. Yeah. Well, it was good of good well, to own up to it. Now, speaking of Strongbow, now there was a time where oh. you were once served uh, uh, a, a piece of meat there that you thought was uh, should have been rare, but it was it was medium rare, and uh, you had a bit of a problem. Well, with I that. got a divorce from your mother, and my mother was mad. <coughs> I think it was veal. Now, but strong will keep in mind you had been going there for years. This was like they knew you when you walked in, and there were well. Anyway, the gal waitress said, "Well, look at it. It's white or this or that." And I said, "Hey, wait a minute." I mean, I said, veal is going to be white. It isn't going to be red or, or uh, turkey is not. And there was something. I was 100% right. And <laughs> she, uh, I got so pissed off, I left. No, well, then, you went into the kitchen. And you, you wanted know, to fight the chef. <laughs> I might have, but Russ Adams... I raised so you, holy. you. You, well, you, I might have. I yeah, was going to know. I was so pissed, and she was so wrong. How's a waitress tell you something like that? Yeah, customer's always right. You know, and I, um, after that, he said, well, look at all the good meals you got. <laughs> I said, hey, I'm talking about this one. And then at church where Alexander and I got married and uh, his sister got married. And you heard uh, Dom, or, uh, Justine was in Adelaide uh, working out of Sydney. 
You heard and this one? Oh my is that the last one? No, there's, I don't really there's one more left. But but anyway, this that you maybe didn't. About two weeks ago, she was working in Adelaide. She's got all kinds of five star hotels. She got ten thousand uh, dollar raise now. <laughs> And uh, was working for Deloitte on a hospital deal for last year or so. And she was working out at a a gym. And Gal said, you're from the United States. Uh, From the United States. And uh, there's a guy, that guy over there is from the United States. So Justine goes over and says, hey. I'm from the United States. They said, you are. How's it going? And she said, well, uh, okay. And just, she said, where, Justine said, where are you from? Well, Oregon. I'm here uh, going to school, you know, like Justine had. And uh, Justine said, well, I'm, I'm from Indiana. And uh, she said, oh, okay. And then she said she didn't want to mention too much. She said, well, I'm from Valparaiso, Indiana. And uh, didn't think it meant anything to the girl. wasn't even going to mention it. The girl says, "Hey, I was born in Couts, Indiana, which is what three or four thousand people, about eight or nine miles yeah, south of Valparaiso. It's, it's the neighbor, you know, just a small little yeah, town. That's pretty crazy. And there she is in Australia. Well, she's out of Oregon, going to school. No, there. I'm saying here. Yeah, but they just, just met. Yeah, and then." Justine said, by gosh, it's a, that's a amazing. And then she said, well, what's your name? And they said, who's the minister, the bald headed guy that married. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yes. She said, my uncle is Ostafinsky. Jesus Christ. Seriously. And she said, are you kidding me? She said, yeah, my first cousins are the twins. Justine said, I went to grade school with both of them. And then your uncle married my uh, sister and brother in his church a block away or in the same block or across the street in Valparaiso. She said, what? You know, and Justine said she didn't know how it came out. But a gal six months ago that she knew previously in Australia, she was watching television and this gal called her and wanted to go have lunch with her, and they had a mutual friend. And Justine said she knew the friend very well and knew this gal. She was a graphic artist or 27 or 8, had a good job, and she was Australian plus Indonesian. Justine's watching the television, and there's a big deal where she killed someone by poisoning them this uh, dual citizenship that had called Justine and Justine knew in Indonesia and uh, Australia saying you can't execute her because she's a Australian citizen and we don't allow it. And they, the debate was out or the judge hadn't decided. But I said, Justine, Jesus, she deserves it. If she just poisoned yeah. someone, there were three people and she went and got coffee and put arsenic or something and killed a gal. And the other gal was there. I said, Justine, Christ, she, if you'd eaten, gone out with her, she said, I don't wouldn't dr- have. Don't she said, she might have done. Yeah. I said, this gal is, uh, she said, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, Doggone it! Uh, I well, we haven't you, even you I mean, guys. You haven't. I haven't. We haven't yeah. even gotten into your army. We I have, have one one quick question to end it on. 
Uh, when you had the motel, I've heard stories of some of the entertainment that was being shown on the TVs uh, <laughs> late at night. And I've even heard you, you've even asked me if I had a projector because uh, you had some old films. Uh, where, where did you obtain some of the adult movies that you were showing? And what was the process of, of that at the motel? Well, I had one of the first, do a friend of mine, Ron Ellis, out of Costa Rica. He's still alive. <laughs> By the way, this is the most <laughs> different. We usually try to uh, keep uh, siblings' names a secret. <laughs> You've exposed everybody. That's all right. That's all right. Like Ron Ellis said, when I, I burned so many bridges, he said, I can't even remember them. But anyway. Ron Ellis has now a coffee plantation in Costa Rica. Coffee and, plantation in quotes. And... Uh, Anyway, he set up, and I could block out a channel. At the Holiday Inn, I don't think I he showed lived in, him. By the way, he lived in Miami during the 80s. Right. During the cocaine rush. And uh, I remember you would get calls, and they would say they're filming Miami Vice right out in front of our office. Well, the FBI got killed. A bunch of them got killed just four or five blocks down, and the bullet holes were there when guys were robbing banks. And, uh, this F- is like Cocaine Cowboys, the yeah, documentary but this time. was bank robberies with ex-Vietnam uh, guys and everything and just down. But he, we were in uh, Alabama Jacks, and John Wilson was just there, and a gal from ha- Hammond owns it now, and that's the back way on the Key Largo, and it's kind of a half-floating deal. But anyway, Alabama Jacks. So he was trying to get marijuana there, and I said, Ron, Jesus. You know, there's a, you know the headquarters. He said, if a guy would arrest me for a marijuana cigarette when they're getting tons, he said he'd lose his job. He said he could care less about you know one or two or a half a dozen marijuana cigarettes. But anyway, he set up, and I had I could block out channels, and the Holiday Inn. He set up some stuff for me, but I never showed X-rated. But you can go, and Mickey Quick, I think, I went to Chicago. Mickey Quick used to sell records. Records. In parentheses. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, anyway. (laughs) Mickey, did you get on his motorcycle? Yeah, how old was I when I went on that motorcycle? I said, uh, He was, was what, maybe maybe intoxicated? He, he had took a Harley. Off. I said, don't do it, Mickey. And I, I didn't think I could him. hold on. I thought I was going to fall he off. He took <laughs> off by us, and uh, I, I went out to his house. He might house. have been going 100 miles an hour. I thought I was going to die. And how old was I, four? Do you have a helmet on? No. Hell, oh, Mickey. Well, anyway. This guy was wasted out of his mind. <laughs> he told where me. Where were you, on the highway? Where, yeah. he, where he bought records in Chicago. And this was in the 70s, and we went up there, and they had warehouses, and either through him, I got a lot of beta. You know what beta is? Yeah, yeah. You can't even get a- Betamax. Yeah, that was Sony. I bought wholesale all kinds of X-rated. Okay. You bought those wholesale? Yeah, up in Chicago. Good deal. As of, like, I would come back to sell them or do things, and I think they're out. 
They're somewhere. I don't know if they're. They may be in a closet or out in the garage. Probably. <laughs> you want to take some home with 50. you? Fifty. How's your beta machine running these days, Jim? Uh, <laughs> not well, but I'll, I could jump. You got beta? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, if maybe if there's uh, any listeners out there, would you be willing to part with the beta if they have a working beta? Those things machine? I didn't think you can get them through antique shops. We'll but sell anyway, them fifteen bucks a pop for so, a beta. What What we had was I could block out. And, and, and a lot of uh, big-time hotels did it. You know, you could block that out, and you had to get then a descrambler. I could scramble it. Mm-hmm. And then I never sold it or did anything, but then they'd come and want to uh, get a descrambler, and then they could watch them. And it was a, it was like a silver cylinder that yeah. you would screw the wire of the television or the cable right. into. Right, you just splice it in. Got it. Because I remember being a little kid, and then people would ask for the descrambler, and some of them were, you know, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't that enthusiastic about asking about it. <laughs> no, but you <laughs> know wanted what? to see some adult films. We had a lawyer, We had minister attorneys from the Lutheran Church staying at. Uh, the uh, Ryan's mother's motel, mm-hmm. and they said we don't really need to have that. Somehow, no one turned on the descrambler, and they are lawyers and Lutheran ministers, <laughs> and they didn't say crap. But the, law, the lawyer said, "Hey, you ever get a child that gets catatonic watching that stuff? <laughs> they'll sue you to." Hell freezes over. Unless they're related to you. <laughs> but, uh, or Swedish, you can have uh, incest is legal. Boy, anyway. Jeez, what? <laughs> no, you hear that in Sweden? Incest is legal? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, sex with animals is legal in a lot of states in this country. Well. <laughs> An no, animal. No uh, comment. Two. But, uh, so we had that. And then I got off a, a channel back in the 70s, a satellite. And next to it or so were religious channels. And I, it was for the home viewer. I was doing it commercially, but I wasn't charging, but I shouldn't have been doing it because we put it out into motel rooms. The clarity and everything was so great off that satellite channel that would go into those rooms and they were fully x-rated and then somebody sued whoever owned that satellite ge or somebody and sued them and i'll say this they refunded the x-rated uh money it wasn't that much but they refunded the money and canceled you you know they had to because some tennessee or some bible belt deal but yeah, we showed that. What time would those come on, or was it all day? No, it was oh, at no. night. At night. It was just a night. It was usually, I remember Friday nights when Dallas was on, and you'd have to check the videos <laughs> to make sure see if they, you needed to put a new one on or if it was. Well, the kids had to shut their eyes. <laughs> and I'm, so sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they did. <laughs> John, Johnny Wad Holmes. I thought everybody was full. He felt... Felt uh, inadequate. Yeah, as a young man. Because, no, because, I was like, hey, why is this guy so small? <laughs> yeah. said, what is this guy doing? Hey, wow. What not, yeah, I'm talking incoherently, as I always do. But listen, about 2000, not too many years ago, a year or so before the uh, 
motel was closed. I was out there, and I was just going out the door to go down oh, 500 yards to get some uh, Beck's beer. And as I'm going out the door, a guy comes in, a light-skinned colored guy. And, <laughs> in, case, uh, in case you're wondering out there. Yeah. And he goes. Um, in the wrong novel. <laughs> I look out there, and it's a full-sized uh, Hummer. Not a Hummer two, okay. In a full size, you know what? The, yeah, uh, yeah, the H one. Yeah, you don't see them now. The yeah, yeah, sitting there. Yeah, right outside. The guy, I said, man, you're lucky, you caught me, or you'd had to wait, or you'd probably gone on. Uh, I was just going down to get some beer. He said, what type of beer do you drink? And I said, well, I was going to drink Bex at the time. He's oh man, I drink Heineken's. And so I said, well, that's good to know. I said, what can I do for you? He said, I need a motel room. And uh, I said, it was like $30. He said, 30 I said, hey, wait a minute. You don't need to go on. You pull up in a big Hummer sitting out there, and you're worrying about $30? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, okay, that's okay. He said, I'm not going to argue about it. And he goes, Hey, you wouldn't, by the way, have a video deal. I've got some uh, uh, fiance or wife with me or something. I need to look at some family videos. <laughs> oh, my God. I said, you know what? It's your lucky day because it's, it was dusty. I think it'll work. I haven't looked at it in five years, but I just got it out and dusted it off, and it's sitting right inside the door there. I said, you know how to hook it up. I said, you can't copy on it, but you can play. So I said, why don't you go on to the room? Oh, no. He somehow then he paid and went down to a room. And I brought it there, or I then went. You got him some beers, beer. too. I got, I got a couple Heineken's when I bought my Becks. Yeah. Come back. Well, he checks out a couple hours later, gives me the video, and says, "God bless it, you got the, you set that beer outside my door." I said, "Well, I didn't want to interrupt your family videos, you know, <laughs> kind of joking." And you know what? His name was um, uh, I know uh, what it Farrakhan. Was. What? Louis Farrakhan. No, son. Yeah, uh, is it was Louis Farrakhan. Wow. I didn't ask him the really the, the leader. Yeah, you know, you heard of Louis Farrakhan. Not, uh, not a big, he's not a big fan of the Jews, we should say. Well, no, well, and here, <laughs> his son, so what he did, well, well, then he was dating a gal from Wanatoa, Indiana, which is a, Charlie Finley Jr. married someone from there, but this town of two or 3,000, she had, you know, white, Wanatoa, yeah, you had Wanato. a friend with a fireworks stand there, who they oh, claimed yeah. burned it down, he went to prison. Got 50 years. Oh, Izzy Joe's partner with Ryan and his, and he said, how many people did you kill? They said, well, they claim I burned my fireworks stand because he didn't take a plea bargain. And he got and they 50, 50 years for that? Yeah. He got, I know he did. He got out. For, for went burning into a business. Fire? Well, they let him out. He finally then. got, yeah. And then he, and then oh. we went in, as, as kids, we went into business with him. He them. wanted to sell equivalent of like yeah. dynamite. Well, you, would like, you would like a lemonade stand for quarter sticks? Well, no, we had a legit uh, fireworks stand, but he, I mean, I, he, 
They I, I had my money. own. I had my own hookup for quarter sticks. I didn't need this guy <laughs> bringing but some heat down on us. Is is he Joe? But but anyway, uh, so he, he's he. Uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, uh, Farrakhan. Farrakhan's kid. Kid. But then you see him later uh, on well, the news. No, don't he you? says, You're my motel of choice. I'm staying here. I'm telling all my friends. I said, Well, you do that. <laughs> did he, he said, Did he just I come never... to watch a quick video? Was that... Yeah, well, he had some his girlfriend. I'm sure he from went there and had sex with her. Six but he gave, he gave the motel the Farrakhan stamp of approval. Oh. oh. And he said, he Man, tell all my I've never been treated. You, you got me my beer. You gave me this. He said, You've treated me right. He said, and then two weeks later, he was on the tow road, high on drugs and drunk, wrecked some people. They chased him into Laporte County, and they caught him. They sued, and he hurt these people, and they tried to get money from him. And they tried to. His dad owned the car. The deal. They didn't check when he they allowed him to take it see and but they said he took it unauthorized and therefore tried to shed it then they did everything and i'm thinking to myself hey wait a minute they, he's got five kids not married and he has no income too many family movies well but <laughs> they lived off of the tithing or of the donations okay and the whole damn all his entourage farrakhan's all the guys they got money directly and since it was a religious he didn't have to they claimed but the people trying to sue him to get money he said i don't declare i don't have to i don't do this eventually it must have settled but i'm thinking but the irs didn't want to go in and go after Farrakhan, you know, and but it, it it opened up. Hey, wait a minute! You give money there, he gets paid directly, you know, out of the bowl and doesn't declare anything, doesn't have any income, according to him. He just, you know, what he has to buy food with. But I forget. <laughs> uh, most, Jesus, I got it. I don't know if I kept his card or not. What was the movie? What What was he into? No, he had his nose. Oh, he brought his I own guess, notes. Oh, yeah. Family movies. Now, how many... Wait, how many... I, the motel, oh. there's been a, a few... We found some dead people there. Oh, half a dozen, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and there was one where uh, a, a guy's wife had been looking for him. Oh, he was geez. staying there, and you were on the phone with her, and you uh, walked into the room, and he was dead, and what did you say to the wife while you were on the phone with her? Well, Jim McMahon, you know, just told you he's laid up in... Uh, Mason, not uh, the not the football player. <laughs> That's who I was but, thinking. Uh, the, the pig. He rancher. told me he was selling uh, you know vegetables out in front, and he said that guy you got to get him out of there, and I, for his own good. And I said, Jim, this yeah. guy's a big drinker. Oh, he sweat. The guy was educated, and I this don't know what he had. Sweat Jack Daniels. Oh, and he drank and drank, and Jim said he's going to die. I mean, he came out of the room very seldom. But but, but anyway. then the wife called you. Well, she was in a nursing home in some respect and jim said you got to get him out i said jim yeah you're right i've told him the last couple of weeks he's got to leave but he didn't and he said he i said for your own good i don't want to be lead to your demise so he said give me one more week 
and I got a job in Michigan, and I'm leaving, and I know what your concerns are. But he said, don't worry about it. So I didn't look or seem because he never came out of the room to speak of. And his wife calls from the nursing home and says she hadn't heard from him, and it was his birthday or hers or <laughs> something. So I'm on the so phone. And we could have been somewhat <laughs> responsible or whatever. So I go in the room. Well, I, I don't, Allegedly I say responsible. That. Yeah. So I go in the room. Satire. He's laying on the floor. And face you're on the down. phone with her. Yeah, I'm, I got a portable phone and I'm talking to her. And I said, well, I'm in the room. And she, I said, well, he's in here. And she's, well, how? I said, look, oh, no. he doesn't look any too good. I, I'm going to, I think Christ. it's a serious problem and I'll call you back. Okay. <laughs> and so the guy was purple. I mean, he had rigor. He'd been there probably a day or two. So and, it was, uh, it was beyond not looking so good. Well, anyway, his face, they call it blowback or something. His face where it was wet, where his nose and mouth was. But I, I'll say, well, anyway. <laughs> you got to put that mic up. So I called the police and they said, well, we can't tell her on the phone. We have to go there. So they go there and tell her, and the guy's dead. And so your mother goes on in and uh, cleans it. You know, I put a wet towel and some, you know. And so if you walked in a motel room and it happens a lot, you feel, what's this wet for? Well, it's this guy been laying there three days dead or something. <laughs> or three or four times in a motel room guys laying there dead in the bed yeah i mean i had one where the mom said there's a guy in there we haven't seen him in a few days yeah you have to go and check and i went in there and i was like eh this doesn't look so good (laughs) Uh, this guy might be dead so then they call the police and they come in and the guy's dead and uh then the pillow we'd probably throw away (laughs) <laughs> but how would you there's nothing dirtier in the motel room you guys go on the road you know or, yeah and this is know, why this is why i don't like sleeping on those beds i don't like touching anything in a motel you know guys i should have known our but, motel was probably the cleanest motel you would stay in except for occasionally someone would die in there probably four five six guys one guy told me he beat fought um oh fame a world uh, championship um, fighter, and then he ends up dying or something. He was pretty old, but he owed $75, $80 and never did get the money. And then the Holiday Inn called me one time and said, hey, there's a gal up here, looks kind of bad. And I said, well, I'm eating breakfast. I'll come on out. I didn't get there for a half hour. I go in there, and she's alive, laying there, got money all over but I called, and she had taken an overdose of pills, and I never did get paid. I should have taken the money, but <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't. And I had a maid, pretty durable. She said, yeah, she looks like so-and-so, my husband killed himself or this, or I'll help move her out, or I'll move her <laughs> on. And uh, these maids were sold to the earth, but pretty durable people, and she – a state cop had killed himself and they had a relationship and she survived. I talked to your grandfather and he said, if she's almost uh, rigor mortis and has taken 
pills and she's sitting there like that she ain't going to survive well she did wow and she's lucky but i didn't help it because i didn't get out there for about a half so, hour <laughs> yeah i'm thinking and another guy so if you had eaten breakfast a little bit quicker she might have less brain damage hans von bermerworth worked at uh, <laughs> who is that what the german royalty <laughs> dutchman and this guy a bear a beer bermer with hans he was there drank like a fish and what I did then, I had a pig roast, and we left this pig at the bar, propped up against it with a hat and a cigar, <laughs> and it was like a 180-pound pig, huge, sitting. Well, we went out to Pete Hortons and we're doing this or that, and we came back, and the bartender was mad. People came in, pissed off. There was no bar business because they see this pig. You had a skin on it, and it wasn't skin, you know, so yeah. but it was kind of greasy. It was sitting there. Well, it just so happened, a state board of health guy checked in that did inspections of restaurants. I get a call saying, what the hell are you doing with food that you're going to feed to the public sitting in there at your bar, and you can't serve that pig? Well, I got it in the morning. I put the pig on that night and was roasting it. And I said, well, damn, it's halfway cooked. And I <laughs> said, hey, I'll cook He said, look, I'll let you, if you make it every 15 minutes, check the temperature, you do this, you do that. Well, it caught it. And I you're a man who doesn't like to be told how to cook things. Well. Because you were getting ready to serve mom some sushi based off of a salmon that you bought at the fish market because you've been studying some sushi uh, rice rolling techniques. (laughs) I don't know if I would. Hey, do you know who was the largest purveyor in the United States, the world of sushi meat, uh, fish? No. uh, Reverend Sun Yat Moon. You ever heard of him? That was going to be my third guess. Uh, yeah, Yeah, I've heard it because you've talked to me about him. He had six guys in the 60s or three guys in Chicago. There were six sushi places. Yeah, but you can't just buy sushi. You can't buy fish from the market and just cut it up as sushi. What he did, you know, he married 10,000 people at once. They had the Moonies going around. Yeah, the Moonies. They'd come up and down the roads, every place selling. He has ships, ocean-going ships, that they freeze at. It's not all fresh. They catch that sushi grade and freeze it. But he has the distribution throughout the United States, and I think he has 70%. If you look up Moon Sushi Operation, I think he's got a 60 70% of all sushi in the United States, his company. Sushi but, tycoon. Yeah, but then when they, when they get it, they freeze it immediately, and then you can't, right, just, on you the can't just buy fish yeah. from the market any market and just i mean you would eat it you have an iron stomach though you've you you literally will eat you don't believe that you can get anything from raw pork you don't believe that you can get anything from raw beef is that true no raw beef i know and pork you say that's it's not a possibility unless you're a falcon (laughs) yeah Yeah, you could kill you if you're a small you'll eat anything and you don't you've never gotten sick really 
No, but I'm not that worried about eggs. I just saw they shouldn't wash them. They're, they they <laughs> use millions of gallons of water. It takes a protective coat. Did you read it in the L.A. Times a week ago or within? No. It's a. It also then they can stay unrefrigerated, but once you wash that off, that allows bacteria to go into them. But they said unless you have excrement on the outside, yeah. But you're not. You've no, never eggs, been worried no, about no, me, anything. No, you've never been worried about getting sick. I bought a, a, a processor because I don't like hamburger that they scrape. Yeah, they scrape it off, off a, that, and I'd like to, a, a whole piece of meat. But no, I'm. I haven't really gotten sick or been worried, but uh, we've eaten some sushi in questionable places. But uh, well, yeah. All right, before we go, okay. Listen, we should wrap it up before we go. There is one story. Uh, One time, you found me as a young child wandering outside in the middle of winter, and uh, you were driving home from the bar. This is the the bar actually played an. An uh, intricate part in my survival. Survival. Uh, so what happened? So you were driving home from the Holiday Inn bar. What time was it? Like Ryan, I've said, I've always been lucky. And in this case, you were lucky with me. <laughs> it was about 3, 3.30. In the morning. Colder than hell. The bar was closed. What's was the temperature? Twenty. I'd say low teens, if not single digits. I can't remember exactly, but it was damn cold. There was an all-night restaurant. Now this is in the seventies, and there aren't as many. There weren't as many then. And I was going east on thirty, a four-lane with a divider. Looked over to the left at the motel where you and your mother. Valparaiso were, Motel, where we and, lived, and that it was full. Your mother filled up from the seventy or seventy-four to two thousand five, a hundred percent almost. Uh, seven days a week, probably the highest occupancy of any uh, motel in uh, uh, Indiana, at least. Anyway, so there were every spot had cars in front of the rooms. It was lit up pretty well. And as I drove by, I looked over to the left at the motel for no good reason other than just to look. And between two cars, and this is probably 3.30 in the morning, I see Ryan running away from the motel office <laughs> and i'd say 80 percent of the area were covered by cars and i can only see between them if he'd been you know if i looked did you have uh, any quite did you go what was that no was- i saw in the cars you know it was like two or three feet between them but he could have been uh precluded from me seeing him in front of a car and i looked and for the grace of god I see you, and I know that it's you. I can see you. So I go up to the stoplight there. It's it's and, crazy timing, by the way. Oh, this is well, yeah. At, at, at that hour, and I'm thinking, <laughs> if I'd gone out and had breakfast, been sitting there, God, you know, forbid. And then um, I don't know. Well, anyway, I don't know whether you would have gotten back in, but you hadn't been able to. So I turn around and go there, and you're outside. You can't reach the door to the office. How you old can't am I? Reach three? Probably three. I don't know <laughs> if you had – you probably had bottoms because it was cold in winter on your pajamas, and I think it was a one-piece. And I see you there, and you're going back and forth, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? You couldn't have been there more than 10 minutes because your feet would have been frozen. 
even though you had a thin <laughs> deal, and you said you couldn't reach the hand, the door handle or the bell, or maybe the door was locked, probably. And when you then came out of the office outside, you were trying to get back in. Whether you would have knocked on someone's door because your mother would have been back into the motel complex and couldn't have heard you. And if you couldn't have rang the bell, which you couldn't, it, I mean, I don't know what would have happened. What do you think? You recall I mean, that? Yeah, I, I think I probably would have. Yeah, I remember walking to the back of the motel and it Took was all off. dark and I was scared. <laughs> I, so I don't know what would happen, but yeah, I mean. You couldn't have survived. And I was pretty cold. <laughs> 20 minutes out there without freezing your feet, toes, or something. And I then turned around and said, hey, son, take it. Stay warm. I'm going to go get some breakfast, and I'll be. No, I should make a light of it. For the grace of God, you yeah, that would be have been a tough situation. With that, a left uh, foot, no toes on your right foot, couple of them black. No fingers. I inherited the O'Neill's not the O'Neill nine lives. You know what? What do that you? That was the. I spent the first one when I was three. And I think I've spent about six or seven more since then. I'm down to about one or two lives left. He's lucky. How about, have you been, Jeff, you've been lucky, right? Uh, I, don't no. know if, I, mean, I don't know if I've spent many lives in my time. Uh, probably a couple, but not too many. Not as many, I don't think, as the O'Neill family. Well, <laughs> you weren't out when Lefty Drizel. That was long before you and Len Yeah, Miles. long before my time at, okay. at the University of Maryland. But he is a legend, Hall of Fame coach. He, that, uh, that's correct, right? Yeah, he sat in our <laughs> kitchen in the corner. I'm still picturing recruit my brother Mike. And then... Uh, Did he wear six, like plaid suits? Wasn't that his thing? Wasn't that everyone's thing, I guess, back then? He kind of, he was kind of a lefty, lefty, but he, I, I, I don't know. I can see him sitting there. I don't know what he had on. And then uh, Mike went there and he told our father uh, that he'd be starting. And then Mike didn't, although he played a lot and started. And when I was in Germany in 69, when he missed free throws, and they said, oh, Mike O'Neill, Valparaiso High School, ter- grade on free throws, he missed two against North Carolina. They jinxed him. And they lost one or two points. Charlie Scott then was All-American. Mike was on him, and he shot at the top of the key over Mike, but Mike was right up. It was Sports Illustrated. And uh, Dean, so th- only 16 teams went. And they ended up postseason in the top five, or they were number one at Davidson. But when he called uh, my father from New Orleans, and Mike said, Lefty Drizel said, these people have beer when they win Tulane or something. I'm going to have give you guys champagne. So he had everything iced down in there. And Mike didn't play much. And he had uh, plastic garbage cans and ice down with champagne but they got upset and lefty was so mad he came in and he kicked and his foot went in the garbage can and got stuck and mike <laughs> my brother was sitting next to him started laughing and he went off on him and he said hey i didn't blow that game i didn't even play wasn't my fault well he's great so mike said i quit 
So he said he goes out in New Orleans and drunker in hell. They had friends down there or something. And then Lefty Drizel uh, calls uh, uh, two or three in the morning and uh, father and says, hey, your son uh, can't find him down here in New Orleans. We came down here and he quit and left. My father said, don't be bothering me. You brought him there. You bring him back. And he said that was it. So, I mean, nothing he could do. So Mike said he came in 5, 6 in the morning, drunk, hardly walk, and Lefty said, hey, look, you haven't been drinking, therefore, that's a plus. I'm, a, I, I'm going to bench you for a game, and then I'm going to start you. And he did it. But in the mean, before that, my father called him and said, you t- told me that my son would be starting down there. And what Lefty said, hey, Doc, you got that in writing? Jesus. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Yeah. yeah. He already got the recruit. He didn't need to impress the father and, Yeah, oh, no. Oh, Lefty. But a- anyway, he was a character and uh, and did, did well. And Davidson in 69 was in the top five. And, uh, but, but anyway, li- listen, take care of, it went on and on. And well, well uh, out, maybe on episode 100, yeah. we'll, oh, get, we'll get into the army days. You had a, you had a guy you knew who once dug up, uh, don't, a girl's, don't, but don't, give I'll just away. say dug up a girl's relative who'd just been buried to <laughs> spider Clark. We'll, uh, uh, we'll get into that at a later you, date. You, uh, yeah, you, Thank uh, you very much for coming on. Oh, was, uh, we appreciate it. This is, it's hard to concentrate. <laughs> well, you're trying and, to hold the mic up to your face? Yeah, I can't. Mind. Yeah, if you're not used to it. But now, as, the next time you come old on in, in another 50 weeks, you're going to be an old pro. You Just don't have... let your mother hear this because I'm a rambling idiot. I felt like Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> without the credentials, muttering and stuttering and... Uh, I don't finish my thoughts. You well, know? you look. You know what? We'll I let mean, you know when the reviews. Yeah, are in. we'll yeah. say what the people think. You know, a lot of people have been uh, requesting this interview for years, and uh, it's finally come through. At the so very, we're giving least, the people what they want. At the very least, people found out the going rate of Falcons about six years How, ago. Yeah, depending the going on what you rate want. Two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> a low end. Uh, what was it called? Something with a T. It was uh, Tercel. Ter- that was the male. Yeah, the it male was, 750 bucks. It was a Peregrine. It but was, it was in a, uh, something with an A. It started with an A. I forget the name, but. Asiago uh, Peregrine? Uh, and, yeah, there you go. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Peregrine. And he was most overly. I've got one in there, Alexander, to Alexander from Webster, a big name, I think a book that I've been trying to read and uh, 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 take the test. And I think I'm just going to take the test. If I fail it, then I'll know what. I say go on. for it. Just cram the night before. I told your brother he ought to do it, and we would have been falconers. I mean, how, there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a father son yeah. falconing, falconing team. team. Yeah. Unbelievable. You don't you know see what? it often. The snowman, or no, who? Uh, Sean Penn and somebody the Falcon else. and the snowman. snowman. The great O'Neill Falconers. Yeah. You guys could travel um, the world. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank uh, you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> I was trying to think what I was just going to say. We had a lot of beers I <laughs> can't got, remember hey, now. Hey, you've got my problem. <laughs> early, early D- showing early signs. DRS, don't remember shit. <laughs> is, that, is that a doctor's? Yeah, uh, that's a... I've got it on my uh, ID here. 
<laughs> Don't ask. And we'll get also in maybe to your uh, your marijuana experimental phase that oh, you went Jesus. through. Jesus, I think that's what's wrong with me. <laughs> you need more, I think. You, no, want, I you, think ate, you ate a marijuana died. brownie, and that may have you think that may Jesus. have altered your life permanently. <laughs> I, I don't know how close you could come to death. <laughs> <laughs> you may be the only guy that ever OD'd on marijuana. I couldn't stand up, talk, or do anything. I had to sit on the toilet to piss. I couldn't. Like Ari Shafir does normally. <laughs> at least you're 72. Ari's a young man. Ari's 30 years your junior. Uh, all right. Well, if there's anything you want okay. to say, uh, there only, there's about 5,000 people. That if will, I offended uh, anybody, I hope I did offend you, you bastards. I took it easy. <laughs> You, you've given a lot of people a lot of names to research to find out their backstory. Maybe they're on LinkedIn. Maybe they're on Facebook. But uh, there'll be a lot of people. If you that don't like it, I wish my friend Billy Dauber was alive. <laughs> then you guys would crap your pants. <laughs> or Baugh. Oh, Baugh was a man that would. <laughs> Steve Baugh was Ryan Noem. Well, Steve Baugh. <laughs> His no, daughter no said. After the show yeah, this is no, no, no. He was a one of a kind, mean son he, of a yeah. bitch. He'd burn your house down. He'd he'd do this. He'd uh, he'd offer to put some hits out on people. <laughs> he said, uh, "Yeah." His daughter said, "Well, if he said if he does anything to you, right?" He said he's doing it to me, me. And she said, "If he was alive, he said your brother had, had been <laughs> tear, uh, flowers are bringing and." Tears, uh, what's that song? Crying, <laughs> yeah, because our uh, your brother, my uncle, he's a real no. piece of shit, and uh, yeah, he, you couldn't go to him in taking the first swing, no, yeah. I told him, uh, this is all allegedly. hey, this is all allegedly. I talked about no, allegedly, yeah. his partner <laughs> called his partner one of the most difficult heart surgeries, he yeah. Did. I mean, he, he's he's the biggest piece of shit I've ever met in my but life. Get this. My uncle, his partner, heart surgeon in uh, New Orleans, called the wife, his wife, and told my brother's wife, Lynn O'Neill, that he's a lying, no good bastard. If how would my husband trust him when? You don't even know what he did. Did he tell you? You went. He went up with flowers and wine to a hotel room with a cardiologist who was depressed and needed cheering up. Did he tell you about that? So what she does when she hears that, she calls the hospital. He's doing an operation, and they said, your wife's on there. He said, well, put her on the speaker. No, she wants to talk to you privately. So he interrupts a heart surgery oh, man. to go answer the phone. And his wife said, you know, lying bastard, you went to a hotel room with wine and flowers with this gal. Can you imagine what he goes back and finishes? The guy didn't die. But how if he did, how was you? Hey, Doc, what was that message yeah. from? And... She, then uh, he said, and in my office, I had a picture of um, Rob married to a, Ke a, a Johnson girl and Teddy Kennedy. Both their pants, 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 pants were around their ankles. On the tree? No, no, they were in a cartoon, political, in a okay. newspaper. And Teddy Kennedy's telling Rob, who Rob went. Rob to, Kennedy. 
No, no, oh, Rob, who, uh, uh, Char- uh, Rob, who was a or, senator, Chuck Rob, married a uh, Johnson girl, L- Lucy Bain, and that uh, he was a senator out of Virginia, and he was a White House guard. Oh, Bobby Marine. Kennedy was, I'm thinking. You had a picture with... Well, yeah, Bobby, I wrote in 15 minutes with him. He said, who are you? And I said, I got the vehicles. <laughs> but he got killed short. But anyway, he uh, Kennedy, in this cartoon... And I forget, it, 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 with their ankle, uh, pants around their ankles. And Rob had just been caught with this Miss Virginia going into her hotel room. Kennedy says, it's kind of awkward, but you'll get the hang of it eventually. <laughs> but, both of them have their pants down yeah. around their ankles. So I wanted to show that to my brother. Listen, I'm going to let you guys go. Ryan accused you. What did he tell you, Ryan? Uh, Allegedly. Well, allegedly, I had I he he. We were on our own farm, and he had moved on to the farm. And uh, I was there with my brother-in-law, and he pulled up, said, "What the hell are you doing here?" And I said, oh, "I'm just hanging out. What are you doing here? Getting ready to go cheat on your wife with some nurse?" <laughs> and he flipped out. Well, and I uh, wonder why. And I <laughs> yeah yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> and after that, things kind of went south, and there was lawsuits. <laughs> but then we had seen him as we were trying to get our furniture out of our grandmother's house where he had moved into. And uh, he came, he went nose to nose with me, and he said he wanted to fight me. And I said, hey, bring it on, man. <laughs> I said, bring it on. I said, does this have anything to do with the fact that, you, that the thing I asked you about cheating on your wife? And he said, he, he told me he would knock me out with one punch. I put my hands behind my back. I go, here, here's your first try, man. Go for it. And he backed down. I was, oh, I wish he Everybody, my sister was there, my brother-in-law, my little sister, and they were like, please, please hit him. Because I would have stopped the ground with that guy. I would have destroyed him. I was, I was hoping, I was praying they would have punched me. He's an asshole, but he's got a minimal amount of intelligence left, I guess. <laughs> you know? But he is a huge piece of shit. And I, oh. I, I hopefully we'll go back to Valbrezu in October, and I hope I run into him because his, uh, there's a lot of things that's incontinence well, and other things that we need to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> well, here he said this if anybody and the nurses are the worst because they know a little about it if anybody questions me about anything i did during an operation or what i did or didn't do i will end that conversation then and there by using terminology that nobody other than a heart surgeon or, or cardiovascular surgeon knows. He said, I'll use words and phrases that no one, nurses or anybody, will be able to respond to or understand. Therefore, there's no more questioning of me. And I said, hey, wait a minute. I thought they took taught classes about bedside manner that you don't want to get sued. And you treat people. I said, why wouldn't you just answer the goddamn question? You know, wouldn't that be what's decent? Yeah. If someone asks you, if you screwed up, you may not want to answer. But you tell them, you give them that uh, deal where... uh, And that's not allegedly. That's a fact. Yeah. And can you imagine? And some bitch said, he so didn't happen. Didn't happen. I mean, I said, hey, wait a minute. At at some point, we... at some point, I, I have a plan of turning the listeners on him because that will be, to bombard him would be, well, uh, would be a, a huge victory. Listen, I'd like to promote 
his son, Danny. Wait, no, let's just stop. Okay, Danny. we'll stop. Let's stop there. Let's stop well, there. Well, no. He <laughs> no, to... it's fine. No, look, we should probably... Huh? You probably are going to have... You're going to have to deal with a lot of lawsuits from this show. Well, no, so let's just end it. No, promote. let's just... We'll end it there. We'll end it... But let's... Uh, we'll end it there. And uh, in the f- next time... In fifty weeks from now, we'll 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 start where you where you okay. just left off. Take care, fellas. <laughs> Take care. All right, thanks. Bye. Listen, I-